Star, uh, yeah, I need to have the mic on. A star-studded morning here on GCR. Not only is Stan the Fan Charles here, as he is every Friday, but this man just came barreling through this morning, screaming and yelling. And we do we need his mic on too. If you I knew mind. Stan was here. Oh, okay, and so you came I in used to, to listen. And, and, I used to, and do I owe you money? I used to, <laughs> I used to listen in Glen Burnie. I'm going to be Stan Charles when I grow up. And, you, <laughs> and how'd that work out for you? <laughs> I'm sitting here with you. <laughs> you know what? Look, at dreams do come true. That's what I've heard over the years. I want to be Stan when I grow up. All right, everybody's everybody's tuned in because they, they want to see the emotion of the final Lamara meter. Get it, Get your thing out of the way. Go ahead. Go ahead, say what I you came here to you say. I told you he was going to sign the whole I, time. Go ahead. Go I ahead. told you. Never a doubt. Never a doubt. I didn't think there was. I mean, e- I, I every, just... yeah, Look, I, if, I don't like giving Drew credit ever, but every time we did this, he said, you might as well make it 100%. He, they were never going to let him go. You were they right. They just weren't. You were. These are three words that I, <laughs> I'm allergic to you saying. Said that you never said these to Margaret or me. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, one of you's never been right before. <laughs> right. Uh, you were right, yeah. 100%. That's yeah. the case. Uh, anything else that you have for before we? No. Just right. wanted we, to, we actually uh, have a – I know it's going to sound crazy. We planned a show today. What? Yeah, I know. Why would right? you do that? We, we booked things. Why would you do that? I know, right? It's nuts. What do you think of the O's so far? Awesome. Awesome. I mean, it's I, very you know, entertaining. Look, right, and I think, you know, they're – They've gone through interesting stretch here, right? They're, what, 17-8. and eight. They've had six or seven games where their offense was on fire, six or seven games where their bullpen was really good, six or seven games where the starting pitching was really good. And, and one if, of them wasn't you, last night. But, if you, but, but, you know, and even Batista last night, who doesn't look – looks like something is missing with him. But even then, he's still got enough – you know, he got enough to get it done. And I, I think as long as they hit, hit – they're hitting – as long as they hit, they're going to be fine. Their their pitching's decent enough. It's not great, but it's decent enough. They just have to make sure they need more out of Henderson, more out of Santander, and more out of Frazier. But if they get if they get or, hitting, or they're just going to have Joey Ortiz play, and then they don't need. There you go. Out right, of right, right. No, mm-hmm. I I think they're on the. I mean, you're not. I mean, the, maybe the Pirates are a fluke at eighteen and eight, but I don't think this is a fluke that you're seeing from the Orioles. Right. I just don't. I don't agree with that. I mean, I, Pittsburgh. I, I think they're a very interesting team, the Orioles. I agree. They really are. I agree. And, and I didn't like putting even putting Bautista in the game last night. I didn't understand it. You got a little stretch where you're playing. You got four games against the Tigers. You got a four-run lead. Why not leave lead. Aiken out to, to pitch an inning, right. another second inning? And uh, Of all the things about Hyde that I w- – I mean, we do this all the time, right? We – Every game we nitpick and we say he's because well, because he's been here for four years and he's never really his, managed games that meant anything. Right. Yeah. And his I would say the one thing about him is his his some of his pitching decisions are odd. Over, he's, and he's shown he's, that over he's the evolving, years. Though you know, I, I like him as a yeah, manager. I, like him. I think. He, I, I, yeah. Let me ask. We got to do the Lamar meter in a second. Is there? Is any, he going to sign or not? Yeah, I know. I know. We'll get around to that. Hopefully, right. it'd be really nice. meter. Yeah, <laughs> right? Is there any chance that b- before the All Star break that there is a controversy about who this team's closer should be? The Orioles' mm-hmm. closer should be mm-hmm. versus who? Because no. no stays this high. No and. No, I think Bautista's okay. nah, he's not unless be he close. blows three yeah, saves blow in three twelve saves. games yeah, or something. Exactly. I hear you. He was trying to last night. He, he, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have the eye for it, but there is definitely something different. It to me, it's something different about him, com- command wise, than there was a year ago. And I don't know what. 
I don't know what that is, but he was not nearly this wild last year. Figured it out just in time last night, and I appreciate that. All right, you got a you got a Patriot. You're going to the Patriot Patriot League, League golf today. Are they the, are they actually going to be able to do oh, that? Or it's an outdoor sport. They're playing. Okay, <laughs> I know it's kind of it's a shame. <laughs> yeah, okay. Of all, they've been playing this for three years. Yeah, right. My buddy is the coach. Chris Below is the coach. They've been they've known for three years it was going to be these three days. That's so and they're all going to be and they're all going to be oh, all going to be rain. That's brutal. All going to be rain. All hey, right. I love the Lions draft last night. I think they got yeah. cutting yeah. edge, cutting <laughs> edge stuff. It's funny. The rest of the league's like, maybe we're going to consider running backs, and the Ravens the, are going to be like, the, nope. Now we got to go get a bunch of wide receivers. The Lions, <laughs> when they called the guy from Alabama, the Lions, the guy's yeah. like, you, are you sure? I think you got the wrong guy. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not a first round. If you're gonna call, you might yeah. as well say you're from the Yankees. Correct. Yeah, I got to put some tires on. I'll be right back. The guy definitely from the even the Campbell guy they called. He's like, I think you guys. You sure you're <laughs> – this is not the you, third round? You know it's the first round, right? <laughs> Poor right. Lions. All right, guys, have right. a good day. Are you, coming in, good next, are you coming in next Wednesday? I have no idea. You I might as well so. show up for work I once so. in a while. All right. I think so. Drew Forrester came right. in here like a bat out of hell, just flying in this morning because he wanted to – he's been thinking about it since last night. He's wanted to come – he just wanted to say, told you so. That's all that – I know what that was. In fact, I think he's lying about having been over at Calvert Hall. Really? I think he drove over here purposefully <laughs> – because he is. There was shaved. a car in the when I got here at like nine. There was a car with very suspicious headlights. On. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, everything about Drew Forrester <laughs> registers as suspicious. All right, uh, Stan the fan. This is an emotional moment. Did you prepare a speech for this? Or no. Do you? Do you? No. Do you want? Because it it was your baby. Right, from, but from, I. I mean, but, you've you've weaned this baby. You know. Wow. Did it suckle from my teeth? <laughs> like yeah. I'm not sure it worked that way. Yeah. Uh, can you, do you have like Amazing Grace? You want to play Taps in the background? No, I just want to like thank that? the folks at Glory Days. Sure, Grill want to do that. Sure, want to do that. I I prefer the Lamarometer. It, it, it was Lamometer is what Lamometer. Griffin always liked Lamar-o-meter. to call it. Uh, Lamarometer has been brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Look, we had a lot of fun with this, and it was a reflection of what the city was feeling. Where's the tiki torch? I thought we were going to burn it. So a lot of people brought up the idea of a Viking funeral. We're holding out. Well, one other idea that we like. There were two other ideas that we like. Somebody suggested we should put it on display permanently at Glory Days Grill. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to them, see if that's something they want to do. They were kind enough to sponsor it, so if that's something they would they want. They don't want to be that closely associated. I don't, I don't know. But the other idea that we had was to hold out and see if at some point Lamar would be willing to sign it, and then we could auction it off oh, for charity. charity. And that's the a good— The Stan en- Charles Fund. The Stan Charles Foundation, yes. That's a good enough idea— that I'm going to go ahead and leave it up for a little while in mm. case at some point that could be a possibility. Um, we love doing it. It was fun. Um, it, it did. It was an honest reflection of what everybody was talking about on a day-to-day basis here. It's a very, very good idea. So, um, you know, we'll miss it in that way. Like, in a weird way, we'll miss the fact that it was something that we could do every day. But ceremoniously, it is time. Let's go ahead and do it. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. That is the end of days for the Lamar meter. It uh, served us uh, very well for the last uh, few months, and we appreciate the fact that the uh, Glory Days Grill. How long was it up? When did we put it up, Griffin? Ninety Do you remember? days. Is it ninety it days? March. It was like March. It was right at. It was. I mean, it was I got March. back from Florida on March fifteenth. 
And was it here when you got back? It was the week I of March believe, Madness. So I it was it okay. Was. It was when March yeah. Madness started. So yeah. it was the better part of two months. I mean, it was the better part of two months that we had Lamar meter up, and there were plenty of times along the ride we were like, "Are are we gonna be doing this through the season? Like, are we gonna be doing <laughs> this right July up, and right up until week one?" Uh, thankfully, I'm scratching my head though. When I sat in for you like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. it was like at. Fifty-eight or sixty-two percent or something, and I'm—I had the the ability to move it up, right? And I moved it up to seventy-eight percent, right, Chris? Because yes. something, yes. something so it was, happened that day. Something happened the day before that made it. Yeah, it was, it was the day that you weren't here, right? Stan, I was yeah. I was out yeah. at Deep Creek, but, but I didn't just Stan come just had in a good and feeling. say, Did "Hey, somebody I have was a there." Was there was there quarterback movement elsewhere? Was there somebody else that we thought might have been in on Lamar that that ended up maybe doing something they else? Announced that they were just another team. The Colts, said, maybe at that point, because yeah. remember that the Colts for a minute were the strag. They were the team that was still kind of hanging, hanging around, around and didn't reject the idea. So maybe that was the day. Then there was a p- report that the Colts were out on Lamar, and that Something might have been the like reason. Yeah. I didn't write anything that it was had to do with anything specific, but Stan just said that uh, you know he believed the market was down, and you know well, it, there wasn't anywhere for him to go. As it turns out, he was right. Yeah, as yeah. it turns out, now in fairness, look, we've been trending. We've been above eighty percent for a few weeks now, um, and haven't moved it from there. The only time it was really ever all that down was, of course, the the emergency update. The emergency update, the moment that the the trade request became public. That's the only time that we ever had that moment and then you know we even a day later we were like okay we overreacted to that and we right. overreacted to it it's not a end-all be-all he's not saying i'll never play there again anything like that and the meter went back above 50 percent. it stayed that way um look meter was fun uh, i it, it was we, we I, I like the way what you said it was an honest reflection of what the psyche yeah. Baltimore sports was thinking about. And that's why we did it. And we had a good, that's how it started. It started because literally we we're coming in every day. Griffin and I was like, well, if I had this like meter, I would say. And so one day I just said to Griffin, you know, it'd be crazy if we just actually put a meter up to reflect that. And sure enough, our friend uh, Gwen's chili bowl yes. was kind enough yes. to make that meter for us. And now uh, we, uh, we don't have to do it any longer. We can sit it at a hundred percent and we'll leave it at 100% uh, in perpetuity. Is there any point of saving it for the next contract? At Lamar? <laughs> right, you know. Do it all over again yeah, here in five like years, in five years, four years, maybe, yeah. maybe we'll see how that goes. Uh, but again, thank you to glory days grill, glory days grill, great food, good sports. They made it possible for us to keep doing it every day. And we appreciate that. And we appreciate all of you who would message and be like, where's the meter at now? That was what made it fun for us is that you guys enjoyed it, too. So here's a question. Yes. With, without Glory Day, Clark Day's Grill. Oh, we could have never our afforded cost, Our cost yeah. was so Way excessive. too much. Way too much. <laughs> that we would have never yeah. been able to do it. Yeah. Um, so two things quickly. One, for those of you that it suggested we do like a D-hop meter, I think after the events of last night, we know that's not going to be the case. Um, I had someone suggest we do a Hunter Dickinson meter. I, I think that's going to be over within a week as well. We're not going to do that. But I'm pretty sure there will be a new meter that will be not replacing or be moving. That, that will be a new meter is what I'm going to tell you. We're going to continue to stay in the meter business. It was so good to us <laughs> that we're not going to abandon the meter business altogether. We will wait and inform you about that one. I think a few of you have already guessed what that meter will be. Um, and we won't do it every day the way that we did the Lamar meter, but we will have a weekly check-in. Weekly check-in on a new meter 
when it is is are we go, is is Gwen's Chili Bowl willing to make that one for us? Uh, yes, I'm sure she will That's be. Wonderful. I'll make sure. I'll make sure. Wonderful news. I like that a great uh, deal. So um, at some point in the next week or two, we will unveil the next meter, and we will have weekly updates on that meter, and we'll look forward to that at that point. What but, would be interesting would be a uh, glory daysometer. Just w- 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 am I going to go to glory days today? No, to see if they're uh, going to sponsor the, the next, next meter. meter. It's a very good that point. That keeps them alive, you know, in the action. Business. Stan, we talked briefly, uh, you and I, yesterday. By the way, we got a lot to do on the program today. So, again, thanks to Glory Days Grill. Um, the end of Lamar meter. Uh, our fun is over, and um, that means the fun can begin because Lamar Jackson will be the quarterback in Baltimore moving forward, and we don't have to worry about this any longer. Uh, and I appreciate that. Uh, coming up on the program, we're going to talk. We're going to get to know Zay Flowers a little bit more. Joining us a little bit later on, Daniel Luke, who was his high school coach down in Broward County, is going to check in with us. Also, Mark Herslick, former Boston College linebacker, very inspirational figure. Remember, he overcame cancer during his college career and had a nice career in the pros. He's now an analyst for ACC Network, and he did a bunch of Boston College games last year. So we're going to find out a little bit more about Zay Flowers from those two. Do you, do you know that much about him? Because the Zay most Flowers? curious thing for me is this guy is obviously incredibly gifted no player. Question. And sounds like a neat kid, mm-hmm. too. Uh, but why Boston College? If he was that talented he, he, coming out of and Florida. That's, I think that's why, in part, we wanted to have his high school yeah. coach on because he was not thought of that way. Yeah. Now, the word is that within his college career, the big school started coming after him the – sort of re-recruiting business that now exists with NIL money. Right. The big schools were seriously coming after him over the course of the last couple of years. But coming out of high school, it was not the same attention. So what changed or why wasn't he getting? Was it just his size? Was it as simple as, hey, we like the player, but, you know, we don't know about a five, and who knows what he was coming out of high school, five, seven, five, something like that, receiver. Might not be the guy. So that was part of the reason why we said let's reach out to his high school coach and try to figure out how this meteoric rise occurred. Also this morning, the governor is scheduled to join us. Wes Moore is scheduled to check in. He's obviously very excited about Lamar Jackson. He's going to claim that it was all him, I think. I think he's going to say, hey, look. He got in. Campaign promise kept. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what he wants to say. But Governor Wes Moore is scheduled to join us to talk about that. And uh, also, we're going to make a trip to Delmarva. We're going to be doing that throughout the season. Um, so we'll be checking in. You know, we do Bowie on Thursdays. And then I think every other Friday, Delmarva is going to be checking in with us. Creed Willems, who's off to a hot start. Don't know where there's room for a catching prospect right now, but if his bat is the way it's been to start the season, I think they'll find a spot for him moving forward. So we'll catch up with Creed Willems a little bit later on in the program. John Mioli, uh, who writes now for the Baltimore Banner, mm-hmm. used to write for the Sun for a long time, had a piece up about four prospects that were really interesting, you know, through the first three weeks of the season, and he had Creed Willem as one of them. He is swinging a bat, man. There's no doubt about it. And apparently came in with a much – a leaner look and meaner attitude. I like all of those yeah. things. Leaner, meaner, all of them. Give me every single one. Um, Stan, just your quick reaction to both things combined, the Lamar Jackson deal and the Ravens' decision to go receiver in round one with a lot of, you know, the cornerbacks were still there, Deontay Banks was still on the board, uh, Joey Porter is still on the board to this point. 
Um, Nolan Smith was on the board. There were some options there. They decided to go receiver. Your thoughts on both? You know, I misread that yesterday when we started our our uh, streamyard uh, thing. Like at about what time was it? About quarter to four right or something. I thought it was more like five at that well, point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I said with with Lamar signed now, I thought that they were going to move clearly to a defensive back pick. And then you threw in, well, there's a hot rumor about mm-hmm. the uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins thing. And then when that proved not to be the case, I, they they clearly had had really wanted to get Lamar's buy-in with what they were doing. It's kind of like the opposite of what the Packers did yeah, four years Rogers, ago yeah. or three years ago when they drafted Jordan, Jordan Love, Love, when the club obviously had some other needs. Um, they They really wanted to – win him back over, you know, to really get his buy-in. And it's clearly going to be a very, very interesting and entertaining offense. You know? uh, it's It sets up to be that, right? It sets up. I think it goes back to Lamar Jackson has kind of made it clear the last couple of years he doesn't necessarily want to run uh, the type of offense the Ravens had been running. He wants to open things up a little bit more. I think there is room for a healthy debate about whether or not that's the best thing for the Ravens to be doing. I think most of us were prepared for it to be not the Greg Roman offense any longer, but is there room in between those things? And I still certainly still hope that there is room between those two things. I don't want to see them suddenly become a team that throws 50 times a game. I think that's right. nuts. Now, when you have these guys all on the field, Bateman, Andrews, Flowers, and Beckham, they're all going to want the ball. I know that much. Like, there's going to be a lot of of thought for I want to get the ball my way I want that to happen you hope that you are putting something out there that becomes extraordinarily difficult for opposing defenses to account for and on paper remembering that Lamar Jackson still is capable of running on top of all of it it seems like the Ravens are putting something on the field that is going to be very difficult for opposing defenses to account for. We we always look at those playoff losses and go, that's a problem with Lamar. The problem was Lamar. Maybe the problem was that the defense was, I mean, the offense was so all in on one thing that, that it became very difficult to do that one thing when teams said, hey, they're one-dimensional. They really aren't going to throw enough to beat us let's let's keep him contained and teams were able to stymie him uh, in the playoffs yep yeah and maybe now this will be a vastly different thing and teams are going to go wait a minute how do we stop this because there's so many different options look i am still concerned about the fact that right now i don't brandon stevens would be your second cornerback yeah I, I don't love that has been pointed out by a lot of people, Rocky Scene is still on the market, and they could still bring back Marcus Peters, and there's a common belief that the Ravens wanted to get through the period where it would count against your compensatory picks. So after next week, they would have the ability to sign any of those guys. I don't necessarily love those as being answers. The Marcus Peters that we saw a year ago did not look like the same guy here in Baltimore. You hope that was just a physical thing and that if he's healthy, he can be more like the Marcus Peters we saw for the couple years before that. Um, I, I'm not going to pretend like I've watched a ton of Rocky Asin to know how comfortable I am mm-hmm. with him, but let's be honest, he's available on April 28th, and that does not give me a, a great amount of assurance about where he is. There are still a couple other things in play. Uh, Ken Zalis, we, I was doing a video with him last night. He suggested there are still guys that could linger into the third round that he thinks could be impactful cornerbacks in the draft and could help out, or 
There's still the possibility, as Eric DaCosta again was dodgy last night when was asked about Patrick Queen's uh, fifth-year option, there is also still the possibility that the Ravens would move Patrick Queen. Now, in doing so, you'd weaken you know, a, a defense that with both those guys on the field a year ago was exceptional, mm-hmm. and you didn't address you're 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 kind of acknowledging you're not going to be able to have the same caliber of defense on the field if you make that move but could you make that move to find you a second round pick that could help at the cornerback position could that get you a keely ringo from georgia cam smith from south carolina somebody like that that's a possibility as well i i i like what they've done offensively stan i just acknowledge that it comes at a bit of a cost because they haven't been able to upgrade their second cornerback spot and that i think it's reasonable to describe that as a concern for me like you know in fairness to the um greg roman critics now Mm -hmm. you know he he got a bit of a a bad break and break is the right word with the injuries to to jk dobbin to gus 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 edwards and to uh, ronnie Ronnie stanley Stanley. sure you know i mean those weren't part of the plan to have those three significant no, injuries. not at all. Know. And again, remember, a year ago in, in September, even with just one wide receiver on the field, the Ravens looked like world beaters offensively. Yeah. Lamar Jackson was a front runner to be MVP after just one month. But I think we all agreed it was time, and I think we all are, are cautiously optimistic about the direction of this offense moving forward. And the buy-in from Lamar Jackson obviously feels real. He... I, I I thought the deadline was because they wanted to get on DeAndre Hopkins. Eric DaCosta last night was saying there was no deadline. Lamar just called, just said on Tuesday, I, I'm ready. Let's talk. And it had nothing to do with the deadline, and it was just Lamar Jackson kind of making a decision on his own. So yep. he's very clearly feeling something, which we like. Yeah. All right. Uh, hour number one of today's show is also brought to you by A.J. Michaels, expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. Let's learn a little bit more about the Baltimore Ravens' first-round pick. Our next guest is a former Boston College Eagle himself, And he's been doing a lot of BC games because he has been working with the ACC Network in recent years. He is a Super Bowl champion. He is a conqueror of cancer. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the program Mark Herzlick, who's with us now here on GCR. Mark, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, yeah, no problem. Anything for my boy Zay. He is awesome. So tell me about Zay. I, what I hear from everybody is about Zay the person, right? And when you say that, yeah. I, it, sound, it sounds like you're backing that up. He comes off as a really unique, fun person. I think his story of being one of about, what, a thousand siblings <laughs> as a kid yeah. and, and some of the tragedy that he dealt with. Can you tell me, before we talk about him, the football player, what do you think we should know about the person that's arriving in Baltimore? Yeah, well, first of all, I think, you know, there's plenty of reports. You can read plenty about, you know, his decision to stay at BC last year after he was offered a bunch of NIL money to go other places. But, you know, he felt like this was the spot that he and his father chose to go to school and get an education. He has a great relationship with his dad. With his, You mentioned all his siblings. Um, I, like, I think he has about 15 siblings, which, you know, again, he knows how to deal with relationships in a big locker room at home anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> I think what... What, the, what sets him apart, right, is his ability 
to enjoy football, but also push at an extremely high level, right? Like, and it's, you know, I think the interesting thing is that I saw similarities when Odell Beckham Jr. came into the Giants as a rookie. I was on that team. Hmm. And I saw, you know, just this unique talent, but also a guy who just, you know, loves the game of football uh, and works hard to do it. Now, I think um, uh, Odell is a little more serious on the serious side. Um, Zay is a little bit kind of more goofy and, and, um, you know, kind of the fun-loving type, but I think that their personalities are going to jive super well together. Um, and then, you know, he is uh, hes one of those guys who, you know, wants to have the football in his hands to make plays. And, you know, he wants to be able to be the guy who can throw the extra block to spring someone free. He wants to be the guy that gets the ball. Uh, we're down two touchdowns. They had that situation a lot when they are at Boston College. Like, hey, just throw the ball up to me, and I'll go find a way to make a play. Uh, and he does. And I think over the last year, what has set him apart and made him become a first-round pick was his ability to play the ball in the air downfield because he can make anyone miss uh, within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. That's fine. It's just how well can he adjust to a deep ball thrown, uh, and he did phenomenal this past year against some good defensive backs in the ACC. Mark, what you bring up, obviously you know that there, are, there will always be people that will just say, I just can't have a 5'9 wide receiver. Like, God bless, he's talented, but I can't have a 5'9 receiver. Why was his height never a detriment to him? Why was he able to be so dominant despite the fact that he, he wasn't born with the same physical gifts that some other guys were born with? Well, let me just tell you this, is that his height was actually a detriment to him early in his career. It okay. was He developed the ability to run deep routes, create separation on the deep ball, and go up for balls with the right timing, You know, it, it, which is interesting that you know, some guys uh, have just this real natural ability, right? But I, what I love about Zay is every year he identified something that he wanted to improve on in the offseason. He highlighted that thing, he focused on that thing, and then he, he improved on it when he got uh, in-game situations. So, you know, the first year he was really a, a swing screen, reverse type of gadget guy. Uh, and then he said, look, I, I'm going to need to do more than this. Um, it was a big running offense. Then um, got a new coach at Boston College, and he said, okay, I want to be versatile enough to play every single spot at the wide receiver group as well as running back, which he did. The next year is how can I work on the deep ball, and he's done that. So that's what, I think that's encouraging for, for Ravens fans as well is that he's a guy who really understands football. He's a smart player. Um, and, like, I could totally see – I mean, Odell is probably – one of the smartest wide receivers I've ever been around. I mean, I would watch him practice where, you know, someone else would mess up their route, but he knew the route tree so well that he would adjust his route to find the open lane and replace what the other person was doing on the fly to pick up first down. Like that's what Odell does for a team. So with him and Zay Flowers to, to, you know, be able to play off each other, obviously, and then Lamar can create crazy things too. It, I mean, you know, if everybody's clicking, it could be really, really fun to watch. Mark, you partially answered my question uh, in your answer, the previous answer, but were there other schools interested in him uh, above Boston College? Because, you know, with the quarterback caliber at BC, you would have thought if he was that gifted back then, he would have had his pick of where he wanted to go. 
Yeah, coming out of high school, you know, again, you, you see a, a wide receiver who has a bunch of talent, um, but you know, he was he was small, like was really small. small. I mean, not only was he short, um, but he was super light and quick. And I mean, I you know, if I'm remembering correctly, he was one of those guys, uh, a part of Steve Adazio's um, like final recruiting recruit, uh, recruiting class. Um, and he was a little bit of an underrated, under the radar guy. Had a big senior season in high school, and so was like recruited a little bit late. Uh, but came on as, hey, like this is a guy to watch early on. Um, and then his sophomore year, it basically was like, look, this is this is the Zay Flowers show. Um, and you know, combined with Phil Dracovic, who had transferred from Notre Dame, I mean, they did they put on a show that that first year in, in twenty, uh, I guess twenty twenty uh, with COVID year. And, man, and look where we are now. Mark Herzlick is with us, former BC Eagle himself, of course, ACC Network, and we're chatting about Zay Flowers, the Baltimore Ravens' first-round pick. Mark, does it feel like to begin his career, when you talk about, and, and by the way, you're, you're, the stuff you're giving us about Odell is also really fascinating, <laughs> but does it feel like knowing that Odell's there, Rashad Bateman's there, that the natural thing for Zay Flowers, at least to begin his career, is to start as more of a slot receiver and kind of use that 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 underneath stuff, the stuff where you get the ball in his hands and get him into space and let him go create. Does it feel like that's the natural way for him to begin his career? Not saying he can't be an outside receiver, as he clearly proved that was possible during his career. No, I, I mean I think that's where I think that's where you use him. I think that um, you know if you're naturally going to line him up, you know you you put Odell at the X and the single receiver side, and then put Zay in the slot, and then Bateman at the Z, but um, I, what I, you know, what I love is the ability to get in those bunch set looks, the, the ability to take mm-hmm. Odell, line him up outside of Zay Flowers, motion him inside of Zay Flowers. And now you have two receivers that can play, that can be slot receivers that can also be, you know, outside receivers. And so, you know, while you look at both of those guys and neither one of them has like the stature of a Mike Evans, where you just know he's going to be a threat, you know, on the outside, both can burn you with speed and then just catch everything that comes to him. So, yeah, I, I think that I love the versatility of it, um, and I love I love how Odell can mentor him too, right? I think that, you know, anytime you are a, a number one pick at wide receiver, you know, you're begging to go in and not be the number one wide receiver on the team, right? You want to go in and you want to have someone else uh, who can, you know, take some of the pressure off you uh, and also teach you the ropes. That way, you can get your you know your feet wet rather than being double teamed every play. Do you when you hear the comparisons to Steve Smith Senior? Like, do you you say, hey, let's ease up on all that, or do you say, no, I, that actually sounds about right to you? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I I would say yeah, like I like the comparisons to Steve Smith. Um, he obviously you know played forever, right? right. So like. You think back to like which Steve Smith you you remember, and, and you know whether it's the punt return ability, the, his ability to make big plays, but he did it for so long that I think like that's what defines Steve Steve Smith's career. Um, but there it is that that similar type of ability on the outside to make plays, also to come on the come inside, and. Yeah, Steve Smith did it for a long time at a really high level. It's it's an interesting comparison, one I had not uh, thought of before, but I I like it. Mark, I'm just wondering how how closely have you observed Todd Munkin's career, and just wondering whether you how creative you think his football mind is. 
Well, I think that, um, you know, when you, when you look at kind of what he has done and, 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 you know, where he's been, obviously, you know, with, with Georgia and the Browns and, but, you know, he's been all over the place. Yep. Um, but I think one of, one of the things that he's going to have to do, right. Is how do I incorporate this, um, college style offense that is very dictated on, you know, kind of what the defense does, RPO style, the ability for, you know, a quarterback, um, you know, like Stetson Bennett to, to run the ball. Um, now you have a quarterback who uh, can also do that, right? Run the ball mm-hmm. really, really well, probably one of his best traits, but also use his arm strength uh, and ability. So, like, he has all the experience to be able to do it. He was a wide receivers coach in the past, so, you know, wide receivers coaches always love to get their guys uh, involved and have a knack for the pass game. So, um, it's, it's going to be really interesting. And I, just, I, I hope that they use the versatility um, of game plan to match their versatility of personnel because if they can do that um, and do it in a simplified manner where a lot of those checks can be made at the line of scrimmage, it can be a fast-paced but also very versatile offense. Mark, before we let you go, I'm sure you've heard over the years a lot of people say, oh, Odell Beckham, he's a, you know, he's a diva. He's that type of wide receiver. The, the guy you're describing to us – is is not that Anything guy, yeah that. right? Yeah. What are the Ravens getting? What what will Odell Beckham be like? I, obviously, the question is, you know, how healthy is he? And at this point in his life, you know, can he be a version of what we saw early on? But just as a teammate and as a man, exactly what is arriving in Baltimore, and Odell Beckham? You're, you're getting first of all, you're getting a guy who loves football, right? There's, I think that there's that's an assumption for pro athletes is that they love what they do. Uh, and I would say that that's not always the case. <laughs> you know, he loves what he has done. And so, you know, I got, I got to know um, Odell you know, very early in his career and know his, you know, his, his mom. And, and I saw a player who, who was forced into a position to have to carry the team on his back at times. I mean, just, you know, that's just the way it was. He, he was in his second and third year with the Giants you know, we, we didn't have a ton of offensive uh, weapons. And so it was like, okay, you need to, Odell, you need to do it. He put all that on his back. And so when he didn't perform to his standard, meaning 100% perfection, he would beat himself up about it, right? And that's when you see, saw the, the kicking net ordeal. That's when you saw the helmet throw. Like, he felt the pressure of the entire organization on his shoulders. And, you know, he's gone other places and he, you know, dealt with injuries last year and all this stuff. But I feel like he has matured. Um, I feel like he, he has a sense of who he is. He has something to prove. Uh, and also, when he, when he is able to create, right, when he's able to have the option routes, freelance, use a guy like Lamar Jackson, uh, it'll bring the most out of Lamar, I believe, and bring the most out of Odell. Kind of like, you know, I don't know if you guys you know, watch Ted Lasso. Great show, right? <laughs> Jamie Tart. He's like this diva in the beginning of the show, right? Yeah. But then he becomes like, hey, I know I'm really good, but I don't have to do everything, right? And like that to me is the situation that the Ravens provide for Odell. Are you telling me that Odell Beckham's going to start trying to hug Roy Kent uh, at some point in the coming <laughs> uh, seasons? Because I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'm, I'm good with that. At, at <laughs> hey, Mark, I, yeah, take take some nerve to hug Roy Kent. That's oh my God, does it ever? At Mark Herslick on Twitter is how you follow him. 
Um, he wrote a book uh, years ago called What It Takes, and I remember talking to you when that book came out, and it was a really powerful read for me about your journey and everything you had been through. Uh, it is awesome to see you thriving and uh, what a role you cut out. Is there anything else we can plug for you, man? Uh, no, just yeah, appreciate it. Right now I'm, I'm actually working uh, for an NGO that ends uh, human trafficking. It's the largest anti-slavery NGO in the world called International Justice Mission. So if you have a heart for, for freeing slaves um, – Across the world, there's 50 million people trapped in slavery right now. If you have a heart for that, go to IJM.org uh, and help uh, help free people and bring them back to their families. Stuff. Mark, did you say 50 million people? 50 million people right now that are currently enslaved uh, in the world, uh, which is wow. the most uh, populous in the entire human history. And it's, it, it's wild and, and un- almost unbelievable, but it's true. Well, that, that's it's great work. Again, uh, can you plug yeah. that website one more time so we can share it out? Sure, it's IJM.org, International Justice Mission.org. Very good. Mark Herzlick, appreciate it, man. Thanks so nice much for taking the time for us. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Take care. Mark Herzlick with us here on GCR, former BC Eagle. And, yeah, I've totally forgotten that he would also have been with Odell in New York. I mean, of course, won a Super Bowl together, so... Um, great stuff from him. Appreciate that. And um, obviously very excited about Zay Flowers. Of course, you know, everybody is this yeah. day. That's the way that it works, other than maybe the folks in Detroit, as Drew Forrester brought up. I think they might be a little bit more trepidatious about uh, what it is that their team did in round one. Or the people in Atlanta who are like, man, they put together so many skill position players, which would be great if you had a quarterback. That would be a great thing that everybody who was tweeting out last night about, man, look at all these Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson and they got Drake Lund. Like, boy, they have really put something together there, too. Right. Yeah, they sure have. <laughs> now, imagine if they had someone they could line up at quarterback. They might really be cooking with gas And it won't point. be Lamar. It will not be Lamar. There's no doubt about that. They're one of the prime teams we thought might, might take I, a stab I at had been trying. told directly by someone in Atlanta that yeah. they were enamored. Now, what I was told later was – they understood it wasn't going to happen. Right. Like that, that all of the things that we had heard to begin with weren't untrue. Mm-hmm. It's that teams didn't realize that the Ravens were going to make it. And this was the, oh, the story of what happened yeah. was the Ravens said, "Don't bother." Right. You, you can if you want to go in there and do whatever you want to do. It's all well and good, but you're not going to come away with Lamar Jackson. So figure something else out, because. We're keeping Lamar Jackson privately, publicly. I I will give the Ravens all the credit in the world. I say all the time, I never know when they're being truthful and when they're Mm -hmm. not being truthful. They never publicly, privately, everything they said was always down. Whenever this thing seemed awkward, whenever this didn't look great or felt great or the day that there's a trade request that goes public, anything like that, the Baltimore Ravens never in a moment said, you know, we're sick of this guy. We're, they, every time you talk to them or anyone connected to them privately, they, it was the exact same thing. We want to make this work. Yeah. We're trying to make it work. We don't want to negotiate against ourselves. Big winner was Eric DaCosta. You know, it really was a, a big winner yesterday. There's, and look, Eric DaCosta personally really wanted this done. There is no yeah. debate about that. Yeah. He personally wanted it done, and so this is – it's a great week for them. Now, again, that doesn't guarantee anything. The AFC is still guarantee a Super Unfortunately, Bowl. it doesn't work that way. The AFC is still a murderer's row uh, when it comes to 
what you're going to have to be up against uh, moving forward this season. And you need Lamar to stay healthy. You need him to play better in January. All those things go right back to being true. But that's a lot better than the thought of, you know, Taylor Heineke being your quarterback. Way better for that to be the case than to have Taylor Heineke be under center. All right, uh, today's show is also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. You're signing up. You're playing some baseball betting this spring for the first time. It's legal. You can do it on your phone here in the state of Maryland. Why wouldn't you take these offers and incentives that are available to you, like five second-chance bets from PointsBet when you deposit and bet your first $50? But the only way to take advantage of it is to go through PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Again, PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Click on the PointsBet logo and get signed up. Uh, Orioles got a nice win last night. We'll talk about that. And then the governor of the state of Maryland, Wes Moore, is scheduled to join us. That's all on the way. Stan the Fan is here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports. Sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Harford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Harford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Friday edition of the program. Stan the Fan is here. Stan, I know it was a bit of a different schedule for you this week as far as the Stan the Fan variety hour is concerned. Yes, yes, yes. You yes. and Ross and Luke got together earlier in the week. We got together on Monday, and then uh, luckily John Coulson. I, I feel bad. I've, I've twice booked Pat Scary, and then realized that I one time I booked him against another guest mm. that I double booked. I know Griffin never does that. No, never. Never. Never, never ever, ever, ever. Um, 
that was sometimes a big that's problem. why that's why it doesn't bother to book guests sometimes that, it's like well i didn't uh, yeah. i didn't want to i didn't want to double book. the risk yeah. uh and then then this week i realized i'd booked them and On john the, colson the said by the way i don't think you should do a show thursday well yeah as, as it turns out draft yeah uh, there was a lot to talk so about. We'll have Pat Scary on in about a month. And uh, and we ended up getting together on Facebook Live yesterday. So yep. if you missed that, you can go find it. Those shows available Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports, YouTube.com slash Pressbox Online or PressboxOnline.com slash video. And on Monday, you have Jack Graham, right? Is that Monday? Jack Graham. We're yep. going to talk to him about uh, preparations to. Uh, Hosts their first game with Jackson Holiday at home. That's right. At uh, Ripken Stadium. He is the general manager of the Aberdeen Ironbirds. So Jackson Holiday is headed that way. Well, he already got the bump up, but they're headed home. Yep. And he'll be made, play, making his debut there. So a chance for you to check him out. Even closer to home, Jackson Holiday, the Orioles' number one overall pick from a year ago. Um, Stan Felix Batista made it interesting last night, but ultimately, as we said earlier, he settled things down. Um, I, I don't know. It was a last night was such a weird game, and I, it, it's funny. I watched the entirety of the game. I was actually more interested when the Orioles are good. I you can't get me to watch the NFL draft until baseball's over. It's just yeah. my reality. The yeah. Orioles are good. That's what I want to watch, especially when it keyed up to the game was over, and then the plenty Ravens of time, were right? within plenty of within time calling distance. Of um, it was a weird pick. game. It was obviously a disappointing performance from Kyle Gibson, who seemed really rattled by. One mistake by Ramon Arias in the field where he should have just thrown the ball to first base and gotten the out that he could get. Instead, tried to turn double play that wasn't there to be turned. It it just seemed like he was kind of shaken from that point. He never felt right. I never thought he was going to be the 11-strikeout guy that we saw the last time out because that's not who he is. But, you know, he's here to be sort of a stabilizing factor, and last night was anything other than stabilizing Obviously a good thing that the Orioles managed to pull it together, and it goes back. You and I talked when we saw each other uh, uh, privately on Saturday. I, you're in this tough spot where Tate and Givens are going to be here, and you're going to have to make moves, but all of a sudden, like it's a really difficult sell to tell me that Bauman should be the guy going down when all he's done is just pitch brilliantly every time he's been out there this season. I get that you're trying to protect, and they don't want to give up on Austin Voth. They don't want to give up on CNL Perez, but it, the the evidence is piling up more and more that it's going to be a tough thing for you to say, well, we're going to send somebody down just because they have options versus sending someone down who simply hasn't been, or, or DFAing someone who hasn't been effective. You know, uh, <clears throat> I, I when managers used to say these things have a way of resolving themselves yeah. sometimes, I, I used to kind of cringe at that, but the longer I've been around, they do. The, just somebody will pop up with a back spasm that needs a few days. You I, was about to say, I, I was about to say I hope you're right, but I don't really actually hope that no, somebody right. pops No, you don't up. hope that, <laughs> yeah, right. but, but that keeps you from potentially losing someone. Right. So we'll see at the time when let's get them ready, and then we'll we'll sort of let, yeah, me, figure let me figure that let me, out. Let me pose it to you this yeah, way. It's ahead. not today. But Is if there going to be an omometer about <laughs> right, that? Right. If it were today, yeah. if today was day, they said, by the way, uh, Givens and Tate, they're ready. Two guys have to go. What would you do? You put your Michael Elias shades on. Boy. You know, it's it's very interesting, too, because you've uh, back when I was younger, this would have never been a factor. 
I mean, to me, Keegan Aiken. He's, I think Keegan Aiken's the one obvious one. He's the one obvious one. Just had a baby. Right. You know, I, and I think, I'm not saying that, I've, I've kiddingly said that Michael Elias would trade his mother right. if he could get a good, uh, you know, a good sleeper yeah. in the deal. Right. Uh, but not that his mom wasn't a good sleeper. I, 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 I don't know enough. I I'm think not gonna, she yeah, sleeps right. fine. Yeah. Uh, but all kidding aside. But I, I have a feeling that, that's weighing on them that this kid, you know, uh, you know, so he's pitched a few bad innings. I don't know. Whoever has the options to me, they're the ones that are in jeopardy, you know, of being sent down. So if it was, if it was you, you would still send Bauman down. I possibly would send Bauman down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you I, have both, if you have I, both of them, I understand know. the thought process. It's yeah. just a very difficult thing, I think, right now to say to There's your no fan, question like we it. we are trying to win, but we're going to send down the guy that's doing much more to help us win yeah. than because we we don't want to give up on Austin Voth. And I get the idea, like you don't want to say, hey, this one month of Austin Voth is definitively what it is. Right. But I think the flip side argument is, but do we know that he's like the, I mean, if I if I th- if I had a crystal ball and could see that CNL Perez was going to be as scattered as right, he's looked, he's I would probably you know. But to me, his talent the, suggests he somebody would give him a shot. Somebody would immediately yep. give him a shot and might very easily turn him around because you're talking about such a small sample size. I hear you. you know, I hear you. Uh, it's been a, a good 24 hours here in the state of Maryland, Stan. And obviously, th- I, I think this man is going to say. What does this have to do with the state of Maryland? I think this guy is <laughs> going to say campaign promise kept, yeah. I believe, is yeah. what he's joining us to say. Uh, he is, of course, the governor of the state of Maryland and a former football player himself at Johns Hopkins. So we'll make him put his analyst hat on today. He is Governor Westmore, and he's with us now here on GCR. Governor, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. It is obviously a fun day to be talking Baltimore sports. Thank you for taking the time for us. Uh, Glenn and Stan, this is my pleasure. It's, I tell you, it's always a good time to be talking uh, sports in Baltimore, but these past few weeks have been special. Yeah, this you, is a really exciting time for us. It you, really is. You weren't out somewhere like shotgunning beers again last night, were you, after what we saw on <laughs> opening day? There wasn't, uh, you know, after you got the news, you weren't running over to the neighborhood watering hole to try to find some Ravens fans <laughs> to shotgun a beer with. Listen, of, of course, listen, I, we're celebrating. I mean, if you think if you think of what has happened over, you know, just even over these past few weeks, we have a team uh, in terms of a baseball team that has one of the one of the smallest payrolls in baseball, yet is the second best team in all of baseball right now. And and we and then on the football side, you know, we just signed the franchise. Uh, you know, we're we're showing that Baltimore is ready to win and right now. And so. Uh, Yes, I've been I've been celebrating out here. Folks a I don't blame bit. you. I don't blame you. The rest of us are too. So I don't blame you at all, Governor. Just <laughs> I, I know it, it's we're having fun with it, but like I, maybe you can give some context to it. Can you describe the value of Lamar Jackson, of the attention that it brings, the the primetime games, the audiences that come in? Can you you know away from us us this, those of us that only think through a sports prism? Can you describe yeah. to the people of this of this region what Lamar Jackson means to the state of Maryland, to tourism, to things along those lines? That's I mean, it's it, it's not only we're we're not only talking about something that that over you know over the long term is going to have an impact of, of just hundreds of of millions of dollars, right? Because you know because the, he he is he is prime time, uh, and and you do not get a, a league MVP. 
uh, and someone who is really the most exciting player in all of football uh, around very often. And, and he's ours, and he's going to be our quarterback uh, for the foreseeable future. So it's going to draw attention. It's going to draw people here. It's going to make sure that the, that the stadium is filled up, and when people are here at the stadium, they're, they're going out to restaurants, and they're staying in hotels. And they're uh, and they're experiencing the city and learning to you know and learning to love the city uh, because one thing I believe deeply about our city is I'm a big Baltimore booster and as you get to know Baltimore you love Baltimore but it's also it's the psychological boost right it, it's the fact that that we produce winners here and 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 I know you know I know the the obstacles that Baltimore uh, has facing and things that we all have to move aggressively and head on to be able to address but the thing that I also know is that we are proud to be Baltimoreans. We are proud of our city, and we're proud of the fact that we produce winners. And that's exactly what Lamar Jackson is going to help us to do. So it's an economic benefit, but it's also a psychological benefit. Governor, I was just wondering, you know, I know you came on ostensibly to talk about Lamar Jackson, but the, the Ravens are a psychological booster for the team. The team that really is so important to the city of Baltimore day to day basis on yeah. a day to day basis for six months a year is the Baltimore Orioles. How important right. how important are they to to the renaissance of a new Baltimore? They are they are so important because you know, first of all, when you just think about things like the ballpark, right? I mean, you know, thirty years ago, uh, Camden Yards revolutionized uh, revolutionized baseball and baseball ballparks. And now we have a unique opportunity to do the same thing again. Uh, we're also talking about a team that is just fun to watch. Uh, you know, the, the beauty of, of the Orioles right now is not just that they're playing really well, is that we do it the right way. We're not the type of team that's going to go out and just, you know, buy a whole bunch of talent and just try to buy everyone's best players. You know, this is homegrown. And when you're watching folks like Rutschman, you're watching folks like Henderson, uh, you're looking at the fact that every seemingly every single night, uh, the Orioles have a new hero of the night and a new person that hits the game-winning run or a new person that, that pitches you know, seven innings of, of shutout baseball or whatever the case is. We're doing it the right way because this is a team. And so, uh, so I'm, I'm thrilled about the fact that not only do we have a team that I think we're going to be rooting for for a long time, uh, I'm convinced that we're going to have some World Series, uh, some World Series games played in Baltimore uh, this year. Oh, okay. That's bold. That is, I don't, man. See, now we have to hold you that guy. You know how this works. Is the governor allowed to bet on sports? <laughs> that's a good question, too. <laughs> I have, I'd assume that's the case. Uh, governor Westmore is with us. Uh, with that in mind, and then I, I promise we'll come back to Lamar in a second, but, but I, let's just say you knew somebody who was doing a, a, a hack radio bit, and I had a Lamar meter that was over my shoulder for the last couple of months, and every day I was updating it with my confidence level that Lamar Jackson was going to be the quarterback, and now I've got to retire that because we now can put it at 100%. If maybe my next meter was like a stadium lease meter, <laughs> would you? what number would you suggest that I start that meter at that we're going to get a lease done and announced and we're going to have a reason to be. Today would be a hell of a day, Governor, with everything going on. It'd be a <laughs> hell of a day for that. But if you had to suggest a number for me to start that meter at that we're going to get something done this year, what number would you say to put it at? I, I say for anyone who is, a, who is a, a, a betting betting against us, uh, don't bet against us. I, I, think, I think we have, we have shown uh, that we know how to get big things done here. And, and the beautiful thing is I think we're walking into a sense – uh, that, uh, that we and the Orioles are very much aligned. I want the Orioles here. Uh, for, for, I want the Orioles here for the next generation. 
uh, and generations to come playing baseball in Baltimore. And that's what they want to. So we are very much aligned on, on what the goals are. We're very much aligned on where we're working to get to. And we are working, we are working diligently day and night uh, to be able to make sure that happens. I mean, it shouldn't be lost on anybody that the first trip that I took, yeah. uh, as the first trip out of the state that I took as governor, uh, was down to Florida and to go spend time with the Orioles during, during spring training. Uh, I, I'm taking this very personally. Uh, I'm leaning in. I'm leaning in personally. And, uh, and don't bet against us getting this done. I like the sounds now, of it. Just how friendly are you with John now? I mean, it seems like there is a real genuine trust and warmth between the two of you. How did that get started, Governor? Yeah. Well, you know, I've actually I've known John for uh, I've known John for a while, and uh, and in fact, I actually uh, I actually wrote a wrote a book um, called Five Days, where I actually profiled John, and this was years uh, years ago, years years before I ever thought about running for elected office. And so I think it's been nice being able to go into this with a uh, with not just a, a connection, but with friendship of someone who um, who I know we have the same goals. And, and the goal is that we are going to make sure that we have Orioles baseball uh, in Baltimore for, for for generations to come. And so so it's good the fact that, you know, we're able to navigate this and, and change the tone a little bit. Um, and I think it's with them. I think it's also with what we're seeing with, you know, with uh, with where this uh, into the office, where where we know that in order for progress to happen, it means we got to work together, uh, and we need to work collaboratively, and everyone needs to be heard and seen, and that's just the approach that I've taken to uh, that I've taken to the work. Just another minute or two here with Governor Wes Moore. He is a very busy man, but it's an exciting day. Uh, Governor, uh, obviously, you and I had a couple conversations well before uh, you were in this okay. world. Um, you, you are a football player. You were a wide receiver. You played at Johns Hopkins. So I'm going to ask you to put your analyst hat on Lamar Jackson signed, bought in the Ravens went out and got Odell Beckham and they now draft a wide receiver in the first round in Zay flowers. How you feel about this Ravens offense moving forward? Uh, it, we showed, but not even just with Lamar. We show we're serious now when you when you go and you sign Odell Beckham, who has a lot of a lot in the tank uh, left. You know, you go and you sign Zay Flowers. And, and, and let me be clear, Zay Flowers is a is a, is, a, is a boss. I mean, this guy is a very this he is a serious, serious player. And, and Lamar Jackson has some serious assets and tools. Right. Field that can spread out the offense a little bit uh, and, and make us you know, the most potent offense in, in the entire NFL. And so I'm really excited. The fact that Ravens are not just, uh, you know, these aren't just good moves. Ravens are very much in win-now mentality, which has- Wow. Unfortunately, I think we're going to, oh, man, that's a shame. That yeah. is a real shame. I was enjoying that conversation with the governor. You're still there, governor? Unfortunately, okay. we uh, lost the phone signal there. We'll see if uh, if that's what it is. I know he only had a, a few minutes that he could do. You can eat. All right, we'll let him finish up then. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to do that. As uh, We're happy to make time for the governor. As always, this isn't a political show. It's a sports yep. show, and we've always been happy to welcome on everybody from across the sport, the political spectrum that's in a role here. We'll try to wrap up with the governor real quick. Governor, can you hear us okay? I, I hear you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. We're actually we're here in the eastern shore right now, and this is more evidence uh, of the investments we need to start making in broadband and, uh, and, uh, and, and phone access. Well said. <laughs> hey, let me just get one last quick question in. You played at Hopkins, which I had forgotten. You, that means you played for the great late 
Jim, Jim Margraf. Yep. Uh, uh, a, li- a life lesson that you may have learned playing football for the man? Oh, uh, I, I got to tell you. So first, he, he's one of the most important. He was one of the most important people in my life. Um, you know, he is someone who uh, he didn't just teach you how to play the game. Uh, you know, he taught you how to play the game the right way. And it's funny. I, I actually never played football until I got to Hopkins. I played basketball. And, and Mars, as, as we all called him, uh, you know, came to a basketball game. And he saw me play basketball, and after the game, he came up to me and he said, "Have you ever played football before?" He said, "You know, you have good hands and good speed and good size." Uh, and the next day, he had me go run the forty-yard dash and the vertical leap test and run a couple patterns. And he said, uh, "You know, would you ever would you ever consider playing football?" That conversation and that uh, you know that that interaction ended up becoming one of the most important mentorship relationships that I had in my life. And, and you know, I think there were so many lessons that I got from Mars. But one of the big things that, um, that, that, that I always took from him was, you know, there was something that he, uh, that he always had his chant at the end of our huddles. And it was pride and poise, right? Pride and poise. And, and it was this idea that you always have to be proud of, 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 of who you are, of where you're from. It's the reason that you are never going to catch me not smiling when I'm talking about Baltimore. I'm not smiling when I'm talking about Maryland. I'm proud of where I'm from. I'm proud of who I am, but it's also poise. And that's one thing he always talked about where in the, in the, in the, in the, in the game, there are going to be times when you're going to get flustered. There are going to be times when you're going to, you know, when the game is going to start feeling like it's moving fast or it's getting out of hand. And he said, and that's when champions are formed because what you have to do is in all those times when it's most complicated, show poise in all those times when it's most complicated, show calm, because that's how you're going to win. And so it's something that, you know, he taught us when we were in the field that I still carry, carry with me to this day. Pride and poise. Pride and poise. And that's how, uh, that's how we won. We were uh, over, at home, uh, over at Homewood Field. And that's why I'm excited about the work that we're doing already in the first 100 days where, you know, we, it's, it's promises made, promises kept, and promises delivered for the people of the state. But it's because we move with pride and it's because we move with poise. He was a great, great man, Jim Great Margraf. answer. Yeah, he was, he was a, unbelievable. He was a great man. man. Yeah. Uh, Wes Moore, uh, Mr. Governor, really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy man, a lot of things to do. I know it's an exciting day, however, for everybody. Thank you for hopping on with us. We'd love to chat again down the road. Hey, you know, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Go O's, go Ravens. This is big. We're no winning. Doubt. No doubt. Thank you, Governor. Governor Thank West, God. Wes Moore making uh, his first appearance in a while on this show. Force of nature. What's that? Oh, he, he, he oh, he's, a mar- he's a remarkable uh, human. There's no question about that. He's a very powerful. If you never read the other West Moore, whatever you feel about politics, yeah. I, and I'm not trying to sway you anyway because I'm a very moderate person. But if anything that you feel, well before West Moore was ever a politician, I saw him on Colbert one night and said, I, "I'm." I was just enraptured by the story and immediately was like, "I want to talk to this guy." And I read the book and it just blew me away. As a person, he is remarkable now he's got you know things to do clearly the the next thing is the lease right like the next thing is getting everything figured out and what it looks like and what it means for the city that's very high on the list as long as all of as well as all the other things that are non-sports related that clearly matter a great deal to being the governor of the state of maryland so do i have a minute to ask you a question sure okay uh i bumped into scott wyckoff the other day scotty uh, y scotty y and you know, since my episode on February 6th where I had the TIA, mm-hmm. been dealing a lot with my, my health and getting getting clear on that. He suddenly, I was with him last week, 
and he starts talking about the Preakness mm-hmm. and about how this whole thing is flipped. I'm, I must have missed the whole thing. Yeah, that, and I was going to get into it with the governor, right. but we were sure, not and, short and on I time. Think, I think there will be opportunities be for opportunities us to do that again. But, but so now I understand that it's flipped and the idea is now being put out there of a total redo of Pimlico? Well, the idea now is that Laurel will go away. The idea now that is, is that wild. Laurel I Park would that. be, would be gone. That. Yep. Um, it it kind of happened quietly because it's not it, – it, it's not that the deal fell apart. It's that the cost of the deal changed so dramatically during COVID right. because of the cost, cost of, of everything. Every of, construction. Of wood, so, yeah. of, you know, all those things, that it became untenable. And so to do this for 12 days right. or something like that. So yeah. there had to be new considerations <clears throat> given. Nothing is done yet. I was actually just talking to uh, Brandon Scott about this recently, yeah. but there is still quite the confidence that Pimlico will be taken care of. The the momentum right now is at the cost of Laurel Park. The momentum, it's nothing's finished, nothing's done, nothing's but the momentum is that once upon a time, remember, it was going to be Pimlico that was going to go by the yeah, wayside because yep. the Stronach group wanted it to be Laurel Park would be their hub for racing. Right. It's now leaning towards it being the exact opposite. That's it's what I was, okay. That, so that Pimlico would get the refurbishments and that there would be no more Laurel Park and that the racing, this everything would move towards gotcha. Pimlico moving forward. Okay. But that's, that's the way he depicted it to me. But I didn't have that much time with him right. to dig into. And he's certainly very plugged in, obviously. Yeah. Scotty Y is as plugged in as it gets when it comes to the horse racing scene in the state of Maryland. Yeah, There's no doubt about that. Um, no, I, look, it's that's that's unfortunate too, right? Like I, I don't. Yeah. It's not a good thing, but obviously for us, selfishly, it's a far better scenario than the original scenario, which would be the other way around. And, you know, I. I I don't know, I have a lot more to say about it. I just Yeah. But but it seems like with somebody like Governor Moore and his emphasis and pride in Baltimore yep. City and wanting to do things, this can only be a good thing for Baltimore I, City. Uh, you know, again, to take nothing away from the former governor who I I like personally a great deal. Um I would say that I his, like Governor Hogan too. I don't I think his priority was ever that what's best for Baltimore is what's best for the state. Right. I just don't believe that he felt that way. Yep. And again, there's room for there to be opinions about that. But a lot of governors would tell you that what's best for our biggest city, what's best for our tourist destination, what's best for that is, is what's best for the state. And maybe Governor Hogan would say, I felt the same way, which is why I cared so deeply about Ocean City. And right. You could tell he made decision after decision after decision about Ocean City. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think that's our best tourist destination. That might be what he was trying to say to us, mm-hmm. you know, publicly that, that he just didn't say it that way. Most governors would tell you that what's best for the biggest city in the state is what's best for the state, that that's our best hope of driving, you know, tourism yeah. dollars or driving revenue especially a state the size of maryland correct you know exactly yeah, yeah far different in a place like florida or, or texas yeah, california or california right 100 percent. all right um still a lot to do on the program today stan the fan is here we're hey, gonna find a blockbuster show today it's been a good show we've been we've been having fun today it's uh look Drew, i mean it's a Drew fun for any day right you get, you Drew get Forrester Forrester and the governor <laughs> the two of them at the Imagine if Drew had been sitting in on the show and the governor called in. Actually, I'd say that. I definitely had governors call into Drew's show in the past, and I never knew exactly where it was headed. I never knew exactly where we were going when that would be the case. Um, 
Today's show is also brought to you by, oh, this great contest that we're running at PressBoxOnline.com slash contest where you can see all of the region's minor league baseball teams. You get four tickets to each of the local minor league baseball teams. An easy pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms to help you get around. You must be 18 or older to enter. The sweepstakes ends June 14th, but go sign up right now pressboxonline.com slash contests in order to win. Daniel Luke was Zay Flowers' high school coach down in Florida. We're going to find out more about the Ravens' first-round pick next. Stands here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more. We do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite Mm. Starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge. 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. We continue along here on a Friday edition of the program. Stan the Fan Charles in studio with us, hanging out. Today's show is also brought to you by Birdland Sports, where if you want your own Homer hose or a cool T-shirt that's designed, it's the O's, but the O is the hose, which is a lot of fun, you can go find those right now at birdlandsports.com. For Birds fans, by Birds fans, Birdland Sports. 
Boy, we have had a, a morning, Stan. I barely had time to breathe during the course of this program. Uh, and for some reason, I didn't know what we were doing. So I just said, I'll go in, but right. I don't know what we're doing. And Well, in fairness, I unlike... Missed, I missed a text that we were going to have Creed Willem. Work. Right. Yeah. Un unlike some mornings, we did a lot of... We decided to wait and see what happened in the draft yep. and make some decisions That's and booking good, based around yep. what happens in the draft. And with that in mind... Our next guest who's joining us this morning, obviously, I'm sure, is now a huge Baltimore Ravens fan because he was the head coach for Zay Flowers down in South Florida. Back at, in the day. Back in the day at the university school. He is Coach Daniel Luke, and he is with us this morning here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking the time, and congratulations. Uh, thank you for having me, having us on the show, and we're ex super, extremely proud of Zay, man. It was a special kid. I, I, you know, I, I, boy, we keep hearing more and more about what a special kid he is. I, I want to go back, because Stan and I were talking about this earlier. Um, Zay wasn't a kid that maybe had everybody on the planet banging down his door, right? What, what was the story of Zay when you first got to know him as a football player, and why did so many people miss on what a special talent this young man was? Well, Zay Flowers was one of a trio of kids that came into the middle school who were highly talented players. The first one was Kenny McIntosh, who, was our, who won two national championships running back out of University of Georgia. And the other one was Josh Sanguinetti, who was playing safety at uh, Indiana. And those three were really good friends together. And, you know, after the freshman and sophomore seasons, Kenny and, and Josh were recruited by 40 Division one schools and Zay was kind of he was a little bit undersized. He played running back at the time, but you know he 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 really felt like he was the oddball out of the mix. And he decided by his the second semester of his sophomore year to really devote himself in the weight room. He gained about fifteen pounds over that summer hmm. and put himself in position to be a two way starter for us. And it's, it's been uphill ever since. Did you? When did you have the sense that, like, you know, this kid could do this at a higher level, maybe even at the highest level? When was the first time that you said to yourself, this isn't just a good football player, this kid might be an NFL player? Well, no, I mean, you know, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of schools passed him up, and, um, you know, he only had two Power 5 offers by his senior year, which was NC State and Boston College. And uh, Boston College was the first one on that list. And I really I, – I, I knew that a lot of people were passing up on him because of his 5'10 size, but he plays like he's six foot two. You know what I mean? Coach Luke, I'm wondering, uh, knowing how much a high school coach knows about somebody's family, could you talk a little bit about where, where, where Zay was in terms of – I understand he's got 13 siblings. Was he, like, yes. the youngest? Was he the oldest? Somewhere in the middle? He was somewhere in the middle, upper pack. He had a few older siblings, uh, one, unfortunately, who passed away uh, his junior year. And I, re I, remember, I remember going to his house at 9 o'clock at night, uh, and, and that kind of has motivated Zay. You know, not only is he a big brother, but he's uh, become a father figure, uh, you know, to, to, that, to his sibling, uh, to, his, to his nephew. And, uh, you know, he, he put that on his chest, you know, and carried that throughout his career and how old was he when his mom passed away so early 
I, I, I don't recall that. You know, okay. I try not to, you know, it's a very touchy subject, so yeah. I never really went into okay. how old he was when his mom passed away, but I know he passed away at a young age, yeah. yeah. Coach Daniel Luke, who was Zay Flowers High School coach, is with us here on GCR. Coach, when you talk about him, the person, right, and it's, it's really come out, obviously, that what a unique individual. Those things you talk about, him taking on the responsibility of being an older brother and a father figure, an uncle, things like that. What is it that yeah. the Baltimore Ravens are getting in the person, Zay Flowers? They're, they're going to get somebody who is the ultimate overachiever. He is, he is going to find a way. He's going to will himself to not only getting open, but not only making his team better, but just setting the example, rising the bar. Uh, like I said, playing like he's six foot two, six foot three. Uh, just a major chip on his shoulder. Uh, you know, he, he, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just thrilled and super excited to see what he's going to do, and especially with you guys signing Lamar Jackson back. I mean, you guys got a, a heck of a one-two punch. I, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I was wondering, you know, being at this is South Florida, we saw at one point that Zay was down there working out with um, guys like Antonio Brown, and I, I did wonder if at any point maybe he crossed paths with Lamar, and hopefully we'll get that answer here soon, but. Man, what a does it feel like it's an even more unique story for everybody down that way that he ends up teaming up with Lamar now here in Baltimore? Well, we we kind of watched Lamar over there at Boynton High School, uh, which is not too far from university school. It's about twenty five minutes up the road, but you know it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I mean these kids down here they love and breathe football, and you know they're 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 going to do something special together. You know, especially uh, with with Odell Beckham joining the team too as well. I'm excited to see that. Do you have, like, if somebody said, hey, there's one game, there's one moment, there's one play, something like that, that you stands out most from the time that you were with Zay Flowers, one time that you were just like, oh, my God, I can't believe that that kid just did that. Is there anything in particular that jumps out at you? I'm going to tell you this. So his, his senior year and uh, in, in the, in, in the, in the game to go to the state championship game, he didn't play that game because he – he took off his helmet literally a yard and a half before he exited the sideline and they threw a penalty on him and he was ejected after that game. So we lost 31 to 30 without arguably our best player. And he told me, he says, coach, that thrived me in college and I'm going to make everybody pay and feel my, my pain for not being able to play in that, in that state semifinals game. That's cool. And you know what? He, he, he hasn't let anyone down since. <laughs> How how amazed are you at how much better a football player he is today than when you coached him, Coach Luke? I'm going to give you a similar uh, comparison. Steve Smith, so I played with Steve Smith in high school. I've actually known Steve Smith uh, senior since middle school. Wow, that's and great. And they have very similarities in regards to defying the odds and not allowing – what people may say limitations are stop them from what they need to do. You know what I mean? And, and, and be able to achieve and overachieve. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that comparison of those two guys, you know, and, and, and for him to get drafted by Baltimore, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's pretty unique and it's, it's pretty special. And, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just overly thrilled and think that, and I know he's going to do, a, he's going to do a great job down there with you guys. Boy, we like all of the sounds of this. We're good. <laughs> There's nothing that you said that uh, is scaring us away in any way. Um, uh, Coach, tell me about yourself. Tell me, I know you moved on from university school. Tell me about what it is that you're doing these days, and uh, is there a chance we might be seeing you in Baltimore here in the fall? No, absolutely. I went down to visit uh, Zay up in. Uh, they played against Clemson, so I had two of my players, uh, an offensive lineman, and, and Zay go at it. 
up in uh up in in Boston, and it was it was a cold game, and I was I was glad to see, you know, at least one of his games. But I, I'm excited to get down to Maryland. Uh, I, I know uh, a little bit about the the D.C. Maryland area. I went to James Madison University, so okay. uh, it'll be great to kind of come back. I know about Dulles Airport, so you know we're gonna make a trip down there for sure. Um, and uh, I'm still at university school, so we're we're all pumped up about him and you know him being our first first round draft pick in the school and. We're, we're, everyone's super proud of him and super excited. That's awesome. That's awesome. Coach, where can we uh, uh, shout you out on Twitter, on, on Instagram? Where can people be giving you a follow? Uh, uh, same one. I think, I think you guys did follow me oh. on, on, uh, on the Twitter. Uh, That's Uncle, Uncle Luke. Uncle Luke uh, yeah, L-U-Q. Uncle Luke L-U-Q. That's the Twitter? That's it. Awesome. Give him That's a follow there. That's my Twitter, there. yep. Uh, uh, Coach, congratulations. I don't know what else there is to say. It's an exciting day. Everybody in Baltimore is fired up. It's a great day. Uh, we can't wait to see what's next for Zay, and we really appreciate you hopping on to tell us some stories about him, give us some insight. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes. You got it, boss. Have a good one. Go, go Ravens. Coach go Daniel Ravens. Luke. Coach Daniel Luke from uh, University School down in South Florida. Appreciate him. Didn't know that story that uh, he wasn't he played with Steve Smith. That's, that's great. Great context. Great context. And obviously, that's the uh, comparison that's being made over and over and over again is uh, Zay Flowers to Steve Smith, which again is. I wonder a, if Steve Smith uh, thinks that. Uh, we happen to know that because there was a video that Steve Smith did a couple of weeks ago all about that. So, yeah, there is uh, some validity there from the man himself. Of course, Steve Smith also thought the world of James Prochet a year ago. So. <laughs> Going to maybe, you know, ease up. Pump the brakes. Yeah, a little bit. Just, bit. just a little bit. Hey, uh, your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com bring you today's program. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, would you be okay with the Ravens moving on from Patrick Queen now, if it could net them a an additional draft pick, would you be all right with that? I am so out of touch with where they are cap wise. You know, it's not just the the uh, ammunition of having more picks. It, if all things were equal, I don't like the idea of giving up Patrick Queen. I think he's really come into his own mm-hmm. as a player. Uh, but if they already know well yeah we could we can afford them this year right but we got to look ahead it would help us big picture then i guess that's the guy who's most you know uh, i i think the question to me becomes dan like if if you could still pick up his fifth year option yeah and that's you know the question they have to ask themselves and the fact that here we are and they're still not committed to it makes you think that there's some concern about whether or not that will happen. The deadline, I believe, is Tuesday, correct, to pick up the fifth-year option? I think that's the deadline for this. But if they could still have him for not just this year but the following year, whatever you're trading off in value, so if you lose him as a free agent, it's a compensatory third, right? Whatever you're trading off in value, pre- I'm presuming. We're Monday, presu- Monday's the deadline. Monday's the yeah. deadline. Monday's the, Monday's the, first, the deadline. Presumably, you're getting a high level. Presumably, if he hits the market in two years, if he plays – as well as we right. saw him play this season, he's right. getting a a significant contract. And so you're getting a compensatory third for that. Is the difference in what you can get in draft compensation worth the difference of two years of what you would expect to be a high-level play next to Roquan Smith? Mm-hmm. Like That, to me, always becomes the question. So 
you know, for an early second round pick for one of these cornerbacks that's still there, Akili Ringo from Georgia. I, I think everybody is convinced that Joey Porter Jr. is going to be the first pick of the second right. round and is going to go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Um, but if for there's whatever, nobody we can jump in front of, to get yeah, not. <laughs> I mean, but if for whatever reason, like a yeah. lot of people thought Joey Porter was going to the the Steelers with their yep. first pick, yep. right? Yep. If for some reason it's not him, and those guys continue to linger on the board, if there's your chance to move up early, is that worth the trade off of losing two years of Patrick Queen? Maybe, like yeah. I can make the argument for that. But if you're talking about adding a, a an early to mid third round pick, right? I don't think you can argue that that's worth the trade-off of two years of Patrick Queen. I, I would agree with that. Before yeah. you end up getting a compensatory third anyway. So. Again, all things equal, I love the idea of Queen being back on this football yeah, team. Yeah, the, the two of them together were a wrecking crew, were monsters. Right. And in fairness, it it is forgotten that Patrick Queen was playing well even before Roquan Smith arrived. Now, after Roquan Smith arrived. But it was a whole arrived, different level. A hundred percent. But Patrick Queen this season, on the whole, was playing well. He, he, um, he bore out the number one, the fact that he was a number one talent. Yeah, it was. A, it took a little while, and <clears throat> yep. it was you know frustrating that it, it took a little while. Yep. And again, I I don't know. It might very well be that the Ravens have just said yes. All that being said, that's all well and good. We can't ultimately pay two inside linebackers and pay fifty two million dollars a year to our quarterback. Like we're not going to be able to do that long term. And I get it. Like if that's the decision that they've made. But I just don't get making that decision when you still have two years at more reasonable costs of Patrick Queen before you would have to pay him. I'm not in a race to do it. If you get the right price, I get it. I completely understand it, particularly given your need at cornerback. And that for the most part, you trust that you could put some other guys next to Roquan Smith and think that he would also help raise their game, too. I just don't want to do it for the sake of doing it. That I think that's where I am at with it. I think you and I are in agreement about that. Yeah. All right. Um, still to come. We're going to head to Delmarva, make our first trip of the year to catch up with the Shorebirds. Creed Willems. Are we hopping on the bus? Uh, well, maybe we can get that uh, Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder ah. and that $50 gas card from Royal Farms that you can get at PressBoxOnline.com slash contests. And then we drive in my Toyota. Right. My and Prius. We, we head down to uh, Purdue Stadium yeah. to check out. The, no, he's going to come join us on the phone is what's going to happen. Creed Willems is off to a red-hot start. We're going to chat with him next. Stan the Fan Charles is here. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles, diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson, and Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farms stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip 
That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hartford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Hartford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? AJ Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressbox online. And you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grinder. Wait. Did I say Grinder? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know what's on Grinder or anything. I swear. On second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Stan, do you remember the day that you and I attempted to call a horse race at Pimlico years ago? I remember you. I forgot. Yeah, Gary Steiner Stein. was yep. over there. Uh, Quint Kesnick was over there. And Quint, Quint, did, Quint did the best Quint job. nailed it. Yeah. Quint could call horse races. Yes. The rest of us. Not so much. Not probably going to be our vocation at any point. You know what's fascinating about calling a race? I think it's one of the most difficult is, is that it's not just doing one race a day. Yes. It's doing nine or turn 11 around or 12. And doing another, 100%, and doing, yeah. Turning right around and doing another race. I. It was the most incompetent I've ever felt doing anything. Like, I, I was so unprepared. I blame Gaffigan mostly, right? Like when he rolled this thing out there. Uh, and I, by the way, I think we found out later it was actually Quint's idea to begin with. Like Quint was just bugging Gaffigan about, hey, let's do something like this. Um, I was utterly unprepared. Like yeah. I had no, and I and Quint was actually trying to help me that day. He was taking me over to the screen. Like this is what you should be watching for. Here are the silks. There was also, if you remember correctly, there was like a, a music festival set up. In the middle of the infield. Yeah. yeah. So it was very difficult. They were like, here are your binoculars. And I'm like, that doesn't help. There's a massive stage in the way. <laughs> it was awful. So this weekend, I'm doing uh, the NCAA Division Three Volleyball Championships, which are being hosted by Stevenson University. Right. We're very proud. You probably saw some ads that were being run. So you're doing the play-by-play. Play. No. No. Now, I've done volleyball play-by-play. Okay. But every time I do, I always feel very small. Because I still don't fully understand the terminology, the, all of the terminology. I always feel very small in those moments because it's I like I know what I'm watching, but I don't really know what I'm. You know what I mean? Like, or I, you don't know how to. You know what you're watching, but you don't know how to exactly communicate how it. to convey it. Exactly yeah. right. So I kind of sometimes I feel small in those moments so i'm just doing pa for that this weekend it's a fun weekend out at gotcha. stevenson uh, they appreciate they partnered up with us a little bit to uh, get the word out and so uh, i'm looking forward to being a part of that it'll stream through the ncaa website and uh, two games tonight championship on sunday out at stevenson another major event 
for uh, Brett Adams and his team out there. And they that's do basically, an amazing job. That's all they do is major events. Yeah. They, they, he, he, whenever there's a chance to do anything, he says, yeah, sign us up. I was out there two weeks ago for the cutting of the uh, ribbon the of the yep. East Campus. Yep. You know, uh, it's it's pretty amazing what they've done it's, out there. It's remarkable. Yeah. There's no question And about it was great that. to see Dr. Manning. Not that uh, I'm not friendly with Elliot. Right, Dr. Dr. Hirschman. Hirschman. Yeah. But uh, Kevin Manning had the vision, real vision for what sports no could do to question. a university that size. No question about it. All right, Stan the Fan is here. It's a Friday edition of the program. A couple of things real quick that we haven't gotten to. Have you been watching the NBA playoffs at all, Stan? Yes. Who has – this is – I've said it from the beginning, and I still feel that way today. It's the least I've ever felt confident about knowing who's going to win the whole thing. A hundred percent. And here we are deep into the first round. I'm a Suns fan. I feel zero confidence about the Suns who who won four to one, but against no Kawhi and no Paul George and looked terrible, looked lost, have no communication between like the Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker dynamic. It just, just, uh, just hasn't happened. They haven't figured out who's supposed to be doing what in what moment, who's supposed to be the alpha when. If they figure it out, they win the whole thing. But, if they figure but, it out, yeah, okay. I'm not sure they will. It's you know, They had so little. They had eight games together before the playoffs yeah. began. I'm not surprised that they're struggling to figure right. it out because they didn't have that much time to try to figure it out. Um, I, Miami, the eighth seed in the East, ha- if Jimmy Butler plays like this, I don't know who they can't beat. No. It was one thing that they won a game without Giannis playing, then all of a sudden Giannis comes back and nothing changes. Jimmy Butler has been a revelation. He's, he's, unbel- he's a great player. It's bonkers uh, how good he's been. Yeah. Do you have any feel for who ends up winning the title right now? I, I've got to be honest. I don't. I really don't. I went into it thinking that the Celtics had a shot. Mm-hmm. But Philly had a shot in the East. And you would probably argue that Philly is the team that looked the best yeah. in the first round, right? Yeah. But they weren't, you know, who And now coming. all of a sudden the Knicks are, you know, I mean, the Knicks really dominated com- Cleveland, who won about eight or nine yeah. more games than the Knicks yeah. during the season. Julius Randle is insane. He's been a revelation. Yeah. There's no question about yeah. that. He's been completely legitimate. And Jalen Brunson has proven to be worth every penny that they spent on him when people thought it was too much. Like, yeah. he has proven to be that guy. And then you go out west, it's crazy. The Lakers are, you know, with with suddenly we talk about the threesome of Booker, uh, Chris Paul, and Kevin Durant. The Lakers now have a threesome in Reeves, Davis, mm-hmm. and LeBron. Still plays at a pretty... David, Davis hasn't had a great, you know, no, he playoff hasn't, series. But, but he's capable. Sure, you know. sure. It, still he's in moments capable. you see that. But then I'm watching the Lakers Warriors. I mean, the Warrior King, King series. series is very intense. Oh, it's been the best series yeah. by far. Yeah. It's been awesome. Yeah. Um, chance for the Warriors to end up closing them out and complete the comeback from down two. It'd be the first time ever that the Warriors would have won a series when they were down 2-0 and you know you just can't you can't you can't deny them you can't I'm, I'm a big Warriors fan I mean I really? just can't I I really enjoy Is it just it. enjoying the way that they play yeah. just the Steve, yeah. what 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 drew you to the Warriors I got to be honest with you uh, my friendship with Boogie Yeah he, Boogie he's, a, he's a he's a just a tremendous Warriors fan really? and was never knew that the last five or six years and uh, it's uh, you know so I have that to talk to him about so I watch 
I watch them. They're just an incredible Look, team. They're a lot watch. of fun. I've said yeah. that over and over again. It's I, I'm not a fan necessarily, yeah. but they are so much fun to watch play the game that I do find myself drawn to. I hope I get to watch more Warriors moving. Like I wanted to root for Sacramento because of Kevin Herter and Alex Len, but I don't know. It's just I don't want to be denied the opportunity to watch the Warriors more frequently. And you know, one thing about the Lakers. In in LeBron's career, which has now spanned what Cleveland, Miami, back to Cleveland, yep. and the Lakers, he I don't recall him missing an opportunity to close out a series that uh, way. Bar- Barkley made a good point after yeah. the game uh, the other night where he said, "Look, man, this is thirty eight. Like you you have yeah. a, you have a brilliant game. You have a game where you have to exert that much energy. You cannot be ready two days exactly. later. You can't yeah. be. Yeah, the fact that you're LeBron right. doesn't mean you. And you there was win. a flight involved too yeah. across the country. He was like, "Dude, this is just this is when yeah. we can deny and we can say, look how well he's playing at such an advanced age, but you can't." deny reality like you can't make that go away and I thought that was a really good point from Barkley like I'm not worried about LeBron I think he's going to have another good game but as much energy as he put out in game four you were always going to get this in game five and then we're leaving out the probably the best coach team in in the entire playoffs Nuggets we're just so we're just just, so used to them collapsing in the playoffs that we're just kind of expecting it Let's head down to Delmarva, Stan the Fan, where this man is off to an unbelievable start to the season. All he's doing, OPSing 1349, hitting 422 with five home runs in 45 at-bats. That'll play. I think that would work. We welcome back into the program Creed Willems from the Delmarva Shorebirds, who's with us now here on GCR. Creed, it's Glenn and Stan. It's great to catch up. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, of course. I appreciate y'all having me. Dude, uh, what does it feel like to be hitting over 445 at-bats into your season and just doing everything right at the plate? Oh, it feels awesome. Um, I think coming off of last year, I had a bunch of stuff I needed to work on throughout the offseason, so I really like like dove into it and kind of embraced the challenge. Um, so it was just one of those, like, trying to focus on stuff I struggled with last year and try to build on that. And then as we got to spring training, just kind of picking it up and just talking to some of our hitting coaches and hitting coordinators, kind of what they had to say, and um, just kind of adopt a new, like, approach and mindset going up to the plate. And I think I think it's definitely helped out. And uh, I think just I have confidence. The confidence is back. I feel comfortable and still relaxed in the box. So everything's kind of just clicking right now. So Creed, how much of that was the mental aspects of the game? But it, did I read that you really worked really hard at being in better shape physically as well? Is that the case? Yeah, that's a that's a big part of it. Um, this off season, I talked to some of our strength coaches and um, got on a meal plan. And uh, coming back, lost lost quite a bit of weight and just feel so much better. Um, like feel more comfortable with myself, whether it's catching at first base in the box, like everything just feels so much better now. Boy. So, I, I mean, it was one of those things that like without our strength staff in the organization, mm-hmm. um, it would have been a lot more difficult, but they went about it in a great way and um, really helped me out a lot with that. Did, so. I'm just curious. Did So was it, was the physical part of it last year uh, and some of the struggles you had last year, that took a lot of self-reflection, you know, that you said, hey, I got to take this more seriously 
Is that sort of where it came from? Yeah, that's definitely where it came from. Um, and plus, like, so I was out for five weeks last year with a uh, an elbow injury. And during that time, like, it was difficult because, like, I wasn't playing as much, so I put on some weight. And then, like, after the year, I was like, I was like, all right, you know, we got to do something about it. So uh, I definitely dove into it this offseason, got on a meal plan, did cardio every day, whether it was going for a swim, uh, going to the pool, like swimming laps or, you know, going out on a run or riding the bike or whatever. So I really dove into that. And I think just um, kind of going through that and how I felt last year at the end of the season, I was like, all right, we need to, you know, slim down some. So at the end of this year, like, body feels good and everything like that so that definitely went into play how much total weight did you lose Creed? 27 pounds wow that's wow. a that's a good chunk of weight and and you can and you feel it even yeah. like when you're not playing baseball do you feel like dude, i you know i've gone through a little bit of that not not like you because i don't have quite as much muscle as you do but like do you feel it even in the day-to-day or if you go play golf or something like that yeah it's a huge difference whether I'm on the golf course with some buddies or whether I'm just walking around like with the family, like whatever we're doing, like I just feel so much better. Everything just feels better. Like it's not like, Oh crap, my feet hurt or whatever it is. So um, it's changed everything for sure. Creed. I'm wondering uh, because I had a, not a similar experience, like losing that much weight at one clip, but the swimming, did you know how to swim for exercise or was it something you needed to learn how to do? Cause when I was like 30, I had my first back surgery and I had some complications. And when I came out of it, I knew I needed to swim, but I didn't really know how to swim for exercise. Um, so it kind of, it's kind of weird. I used to swim whenever I was younger and then I have some friends that were on the swim team. Okay. So like I kind of got some like insight from them, but I think I think it was kind of a new thing for me just because like whenever I used to do it, it was for like competitions and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Whereas now it's more for exercise. So I think there definitely is a difference that I had to had to kind of learn. I mean, so it, we, keep but, it up. I guess yeah. that's what we need to well, say. Just now. my my yeah. point is, is swimming is such a wonderful exercise. Yep. Because you're not oh, pounding yeah, your sure. spine, you yep, know. Yep. Uh, Creed Willems is yeah, with us. Yeah, go ahead, Creed. Yeah, it, it was great. Just because, like, whenever you get out of the pool, it's like, you know, it's not like your your legs are sore from running or yep. stuff tight. Like, you just got a really good workout and it was full body. So I I enjoy it a lot. It's cool. For it's sure. Cool. The Shorebirds are home this weekend tonight. They got a schedule poster giveaway. Uh, fireworks night and scout night tomorrow on Sunday. They're celebrating uh, Sherman, their mascot's birthday, with a party with a lot of the other local mascots, as well as kids run the bases. You can find out more about all these events and get your tickets by going to theshorebirds.com. Creed Willems is with us here on GCR. Creed, you mentioned you've been playing uh, some first base this year as well. And I look, you're 19 we're a ways away from this being an issue. But I remember talking to you when you got drafted. You know, there is kind of a guy that's sort of got the catcher position semi-locked down in this organization. Are, are they talking to you about the idea of, hey, we want to do more at first base, more, you know, somewhere else? Or is it just, hey, we're not even going to think about 
That problem is not real, and until it's real, we're not even considerate yet. Yeah, so, I mean, they've talked about me playing first base, but it's not been one of those things like it's set in stone. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like playing first base. I like catching. So it's one of those, like, whatever gets me in the lineup is I'm perfectly fine with. Like, for me, I, I just want to play baseball. Like, that's, that's what matters. So wherever I am, like wherever I'm playing or whatever, it's that's that's all that matters. Creed, I'm wondering. I gotta ask you. I know we're having you on to talk about yourself a little bit, but you played your teammate of Jackson Holidays, who just got promoted to Aberdeen. Uh, how insane a player! How good is he? Oh, he is. He's unbelievable. <laughs> and um, I mean, watching him kind of go about his work, like he goes about it as a big leaguer. Uh, which is definitely one thing you can see he gets from his dad. Yep. Um, but yeah, everything he goes he goes about everything as a big leaguer. Um, also, like off the field, like we were roommates, so you kind of get to see another side of him. But I I absolutely love that kid. The dude's going to be an absolute star, and there's, there's no question about it. Uh, man, it's so. it's it's so hard to not just look at everything that he brings to the table and get carried away about what the potential is. Now, of course, yeah. we look at what you're doing with the bat right now, and it's hard to not get carried away about that. Creed, I, I'm wondering if if you could like what what are the goals for you? Like when you when you get off to a start like this, it's just so insane. What is it that as as you continue along before you get that bump to high A? What are the goals for you as you continue to sort of move along in this process? I think it's just to be consistent with it all. Like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to have spins where you go, you know, 0 for 15, 0 for 20. But it's for me, like this year, big thing is like, just, you know, focusing on the next one. And um, I think that's one thing that's big for me is like, I have a journal that I like recap all of my at-bats in and on the front of it in big letters, it says the only important one's the next one. Hmm. And it's just a reminder for me that like, all right, you get out, okay, who cares? Like, you strike out, all right, well, you know, that one's over with. Like, there's no reason to, like, you know, harp on it. Like, just focus on the next one. And I think the big thing for me is just to continue to remember that the most important one's the next one. And um, so that, and then just being consistent with the work, like, you know, challenging yourself in, uh, in early work and stuff like that and just going about your business and taking care of what you need to take care of and, um let, kind of let the rest take care of itself. I like the sounds of it, man. It all sounds really, really good. And, boy, the, the way that you are producing, it's hard to not get carried away about it. Uh, Creed, I know on Twitter it's at CreedWillems11, correct? Yes, sir. And then are you on Instagram as well? I am. Uh, where, where can we follow you on Instagram? Uh, it is C-W-I-1-1-E-M-S. Give him a follow there. Go ahead. Yeah. Creed, one one last question. Uh, we've got the Orioles system, including yourself. There's just a plethora of offensive prospects. But do you have a pitcher down there that you'd like like us to keep an eye on, one or two names? Uh, I think a big one would definitely be uh, Juan Nunez. Um. From, I mean, we got him in that trade with the, uh, the Twins last year. Okay. And everything I've seen, he's been unbelievable on the mound. One and is. he's one of those guys, like, uh, he he likes to have fun, but whenever it comes down time to pitch, like, he's locked in. 
and um, he uh, he just he loves playing the game. You can just tell it. So more, but more, yeah, definitely probably the big one to keep in keep an eye on, in my opinion. More relief pitcher or starter? He he's a starter. Okay. That sounds. So, I appreciate that. I, I we like keep that. an eye on him. Yeah, of course. Creed Willems, really appreciate yeah. it, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. We look forward to seeing you not only down at Delmarva, but I'm sure before too long up here at Aberdeen as well. Appreciate you hopping on. Thank you for having me. Creed Willems checking in with us as we make our first visit down at Delmarva this season. Impressive kid. Yeah, I remember talking to him after the uh, the draft. And again, you know, he's a young man, right? He was thinking about going yeah. to TCU and decided to come here. The Orioles made a little bit of an investment yep. to get him to come here, so they clearly were very high on him. Fascinating to hear him talk about, you know, going through the body because I, I mean, he was a big kid. There's no question about that. And for some guys. That's just where they're comfortable at. I read this piece that um, uh, John Mioli, Mioli yeah. did, and and I got the sense that it was something that he tri- – like, I don't think the club went to him and said, hey, dude, you need to lose weight. I think it was like a self-reflective moment. Like, hey, I got to take this more seriously because they have invested. In Paying it. off so far, yeah. man. Paying off big time. Appreciate Creed, Creed Willems hopping on with us this morning here on GCR. Uh, a couple of things. One, uh, some news elsewhere this morning. Maryland has redone Mike Loxley's deal. Uh, it's going to keep him under contract through now 2027. Doesn't look like it's significant necessarily. Um, uh, this is it's. Is he it's, getting some NIL money? Right. <laughs> His salary this year is five and a half million, with bumps of three hundred thousand in each subsequent season. Hmm. Uh, that's from Gene Wang of the Washington Post, who said he was able Five to track down terms. Million. Apparently, oh, it's through now 2028, <laughs> and it will ultimately end up paying him seven million in 2028. It'll raise to be seven million in 2028. I guess he can continue to afford that barbecue. He can yeah, afford. I think it'll be all right. I don't even think that that comes out of his pocket, if I remember correctly. So that's not going to be an issue. Um, there were some rumors this week about maybe Talia Tungavailoa ending up back in the transfer portal. Um, I, right now, it appears as though those are unfounded. Who was the quarterback that Alabama landed yesterday? The kid from Notre, Notre Dame. Dame, right? Yeah. Buchner, Buckner, something like that. I don't know a lot about him, but. I I feel like there were some people that had hinted around the idea that perhaps. Alabama needing a quarterback would try to go sniff back around Talia Tungavailoa. And I think the common belief is that them landing the kid from Notre Dame takes them out of that being something they would consider uh, doing at this point. I, I don't know. I have, I tried poking around on it a little bit. It didn't seem like it was significant, but, you know, I think that um, yeah. Tyler Buck Buk- Buchner. 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 Uh, who ended up going from Notre Dame to Alabama. So it seems as though they have their quarterback, and so that's not going to be a concern. Of course, Notre Dame had landed. Oh, it's the, uh, Hartman, Sam Hartman, the kid from Wake Forest. that he, They had gotten him earlier in the transfer portal window. So they, you know, had committed to them, and, and he was their guy, or him, and he was their guy. So that was the reason why this quarterback chose to move on. All right, um, we continued. It's been a busy, busy day today here on GCR, and we've enjoyed it and had a lot of fun on the program today. The plan, by the way, uh, 
KZ and I will try later tonight. And I mentioned I got to do the uh, the volleyball semifinals. But after the end of the third round tonight, we will hope to hop back on uh, Facebook Live and do something quick to kind of go over whatever the Ravens do, whether it's just making a third round pick or you know, should they, you know, do something still significant. I do think we all agree that the DeAndre Hopkins thing is totally out the window now. I I can't fathom the insanity of whether it seems like now for the first time ever like they have to make some awkward decisions at wide receiver between now and the start of the season now as Stan brought up about the relief pitching situation some of that could handle itself and you know somebody could end up going down between now and then but some of their draft picks in recent years Prochet Wallace there appears to be a difficult path to the roster at the moment if you accept that the top five guys are Flowers, Bateman, Beckham, Aguilar, Duvernay, right? Like right. if you identify those, and Duvernay, whose spot seems safe because he's, he's your a returner, returner um, then it seems like there is a tough path. Zay Flowers ever returned? Did he? I don't think he did. I don't think yeah. he ever returned. I don't. You, you can double check on that. I don't know that for sure. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm not seeing any retu- uh, punt return. Uh, he had seven punt returns a year ago. Okay. Zay Flowers. So Zay Flowers, yep. They at least – now, I, it's only seven, so I guess it's 43 total yards. I don't know that he was return. their primary yeah. returner. Maybe he and was their Duvernay second. was our main guy before his injury. Yeah, and that's why yeah. I assume that Duvernay's spot is safe yeah. and that he will safely be on the roster. I know there was talk at one point that you could save some money by cutting Duvernay or trading Duvernay, and so that that was a conversation. I just never knew – what yeah. the value would be for Duvernay on the open market. And so given the fact that he was a high-level returner, a Pro Bowl caliber returner, I always thought that they would attempt to make that work to keep him around to at least do that. You know, that's interesting. I mean, I don't know how he is in his comeback from his injury. Mm-hmm. and what, but, but if you were trying to keep Patrick Queen and were trying to get draft picks, you know, uh, he'd be an interesting guy now to, to – you know, especially with Flowers being able to do returns. If, if well, or if you think that Prochet could handle more of that yeah. or something along those lines, I'm. Interesting. I'm not. I'm not gonna look. I would not lose any sleep if they can find somebody that's willing to give them something for Devin yeah. Duvernay. I'm not gonna You're lose not giving my mind. Them away, right. No. I'm not losing my mind about it. I just don't. I don't know what the market would be. It seemed more like he was at risk of being cut than there was ever really going to be much of a trade market for Devin. He's a returner, right? Like, you're hoping that a team values a returner so highly and also scouted him well coming out of college and says, well, we think we could get something out of him that the Ravens never did. I I think he's somebody that that, uh, is an interesting player. I think he's more than a returner. It's funny, Stan, because I always felt that way. Like, I always thought, but at some point, We've been doing this for a long time. It's easy to say, well, it's all Greg Roman's fault, mm-hmm. right? Like, if it had just not been Greg Roman, Devin Duvernay would be a quality football player. Maybe. Maybe that's yeah. the case. But can I make that assumption at this point? Like, I've never seen him on the field and said, oh, that's proof that the kid's special. That's proof that he can do some special mm-hmm. things. I, I'm not opposed to him getting another shot to get in and have some plays and things that you look to do with him. I, I'm totally all right with that. I just... I don't know. I'm not confident any longer that he's definitely a, a an offensive football player. I'm no longer feeling that. All right. Is there anything that we didn't cover this morning that we need We're to cover? We're going to do totally tubular, right? Yes, And we that's will. where we talk about 
game, sports games that are on television. Oh, is there something that? Uh... Well, I just thought it's interesting that Sacramento and Golden State tonight. Yeah, they is play at the early eight game. o'clock. Yeah. And that means it's a five o'clock game. Yeah, West Coast for, time for Warrior fans. You know, it's weird. Like we always do this during the baseball playoffs, and we never bat an eye about the idea right. of there being afternoon games. I do bat. I I bat an eye that that because especially outdoors, mm-hmm. the sun is so different at four. You know, okay, at one o'clock. You mm-hmm. know, one o'clock in the afternoon when those games are on like four thirty on the West Coast. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I'm in a, I I thought it was weird when I saw it too. I get it. These are the only two games like that in another world they would have structured this and there would be more game sixes, something like that. It's weird that two West Coast teams are playing at 5 p.m. right Pacific time. The late game tonight is Lakers Grizzlies, so like if that was the eight o'clock game, then at least one of those teams is playing in a kind of normalish spot. ESPN has the rights very specifically to Friday nights. And so this is them saying, we're not going to have, this is the way it's going to go. Deal with it. And I kind of, like, staying in a weird way, I've always felt there was an excitement to afternoon playoff games. Like, we remember the Delman Young game was an afternoon game, Mm -hmm. right? That what it does for the city, for the, you know, we're going to, it creates an energy, a something where the entire city's kind of bought in. Yeah, they're all focused. Right, yeah. like you know, people are ducking out of work or everybody's gathering around a TV somewhere. I feel like it adds something kind of neat mm-hmm. when you have that type of situation play out. This isn't exactly the same thing because it's still it is five o'clock. It's not right. middle of the afternoon. It's it's late in the afternoon. But I don't know. Like it's weird. I don't disagree with that. I just. Just odd for the players' clocks it's definitely, in, in basketball. It's definitely different. There's no doubt about that. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by both the print issue of PressBox, which is, indeed, we're just talking to Creed Willems. This is about the pipeline of talent that still exists within the Orioles' system, even though Adley and Gunner and Grayson are already here. There's still a lot and uh, that Jackson Holiday illustration is on the cover. You can go pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, or read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Joey Ortiz was featured, and, of course, he's now in the big leagues. Very nice debut for Joey Ortiz last night with three RBI, a huge hit to get the Orioles' offense going at a time where they were being stymied last night. You know, I wrote something about 10, 12 days ago, a column about some observations, and the the bench the Orioles have of McCann, I, I really like him as mm-hmm. a player, but McKenna, Vavra, and at the time, O'Hearn wasn't even up, so I'm trying to remember who was on the right. It was just a lousy bench that uh, manager Brandon Hyde had, and it's interesting they swapped out Vavra yep. For Ortiz right now. Ortiz was swinging very hot bat at Norfolk. Three RBIs last night. And got off to a very good start last night. You hope. And by the way, of course, the first the first at bat that he had probably in a normal world should have been a hit, but Badu just made a ridiculous diving oh catch gosh. in left center field in order to rob him of a hit. So uh, it was very impressive at bats last night from Joey Ortiz in his major league debut. But with that print issue in mind, we are also partnering up, and we mentioned that contest that we're doing. If you want to go see creed willems and the shorebirds this season you can head over to pressboxonline.com slash contests and sign up four tickets to each of the local minor league baseball teams one easy pass maryland on the go transponder preloaded with 25 dollars 
and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms to help you get around. Must be 18 years or older in order to enter, and the sweepstakes ends on June 14th. Go to pressboxonline.com slash contest to get signed up. Uh, so with Joey Ortiz in his three RBI game in his Major League debut, he joins what other Oriole as the only other Oriole to have three RBIs in their Major League debut? Frank Robinson. No. Does it, it no major league debuts? Yes, not yes, not Orioles debut. debut sorry, yes. major uh, league debut. Yeah. I'll just give it. To Eddie you. Murray, Manny Machado, no. Don Baylor, Don, Don Baylor. Nineteen. Right. I actually heard that last time. Oh, yes. okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure if you guys had heard it, but yeah. yes, Don Baylor. That is who. They're, they're the only Orioles with three RBIs in their major league well, how debut. About that? Um, with the Packers drafting Lucas Van Ness, it is their twenty-first straight draft where the Packers have not selected a uh, offensive skill position in the first round. So, running back, receiver, tight end, twenty-one straight years, they have not attacked an offensive skill really? position. Like we complained about a lot of things in Baltimore over the years. Imagine, <laughs> imagine what they've had at quarterback, and they've just sort of been like, "Meh, we're good, we're good." <laughs> Uh, for the first time since the NFL merger in 1970, the first offensive and defensive players selected in the NFL draft are from the same right. school. Both Bryce from Alabama. Young, yes, Bryce yeah. Young and Will Anderson, both from Alabama. Um, and this is also the fourth time ever uh, in the or okay since the merger, so since 1970, that three quarterbacks went in the top five of the NFL draft. Do you think you can try to name the, the ones fir- in the, the first time since the first time since? 2021. Uh, so 2021, 1999, and 1971, there were also three QBs in the top five. Oh, so you want us to guess who they were in those years? Yeah, if, if you can. I have another one if, uh, if this is too hard for you. I mean, I just, it's not about it being too hard. It's just about jogging my memory of what year was which. You 2021. Said 2021 would have been... Wait a second. Two years ago. So that would have been Trevor Lawrence, Trevor right? Lawrence went one overall. Oh, God. It was... Um, one, two, three. Yeah, it was Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. And Lance, yep, right? Trey yeah. Lance, one, two, three in twenty twenty. Well, it's not a good sign if two years ago. I'm already struggling yeah. to remember it. Uh, Nineteen ninety nine. Do you remember who went number one overall? Ninety nine was to the Cleveland Browns selected. Uh, they took t- Tim, uh, Tim Couch. Tim Couch, yep, right. yeah. Tim Couch went first overall. Right. Second overall was this Achilles Smith? No, he, he was went before third. He third? went third. Okay. Achilles Smith went to the Bengals, right? Yes. Achilles Smith. And was that McNabb? It was Donovan McNabb. He went second overall in 1999. Oh, sure. And then 1971. Sure. <laughs> uh, 71. Yeah. Terry Bradshaw? Uh, not Terry Bradshaw. He was our tidbit. Uh, he was one of the tidbits yesterday. When? Uh, Archie Manning? Archie Manning Archie went Manning. second overall. Archie Manning. Do you know who went first and third? Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> give, me the, give me the teams. Uh, but he was with the Browns, right? This guy. Browns. Bernie Kosar? What team was he? He was 70. No, he would have been after 71, right? He couldn't have been yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 70. The Raiders, sorry. The Raiders. Jim Plunkett? Jim Plunkett went first overall in 1971. Uh, and then he was followed by, at third overall, Dan Pastorini. Well, if you had said the Oilers, I probably would have come oh, up okay. with Dan Pastorini. Dan Pastorini. Uh, this was also the first to... draft in the common draft era, so since 1967, that every first-round pick was from a major conference. Last and, night? Yeah, last night. Every pick was came from a major conference. And I want to see if you guys can try to name the top ten schools with the most first-round picks. Top ten schools in, in the history. Yes, ever. ever. Alabama. Alabama would be. They are. They're not number one. 
They are uh, number three. But they're three. in the top. They're, yes. But they're we're doing the top, the top ten. 10. Yeah, we're yes. doing Ohio the top State. 10. Ohio yeah. State is number one ninety first okay. round picks. Notre Dame. Notre Dame is fourth. Michigan. Michigan is on this list. Fifty one after Mazzy Smith went last night. <laughs> Florida. Uh, Florida is in this top ten. Six fifty seven first round picks for the Florida Gators. Oklahoma. How about USC? Oh. Oklahoma just in there. Also USC is second. Eighty four for USC and then Oklahoma. Tied for eighth. UCLA, UCLA not on, not in the uh, top. Uh, Texas, top 10. Texas, uh, just outside of the top mm. ten. Forty six uh, with Florida State. Florida State is also just outside their tie with Texas. Miami, 46. Miami, uh, Miami is yeah. in there. Miami, Florida, sixty seven first round picks, fifth. LSU, LSU yeah, tied for great. eighth with Oklahoma and Georgia. Uh, Georgia, Georgia moved into the top ten. Hey. They are tied with this team. Well, yeah, so there's eleven. They're, well, I was just gonna, I was gonna cut it off at ten. But yeah, do you, do you want to try to guess who they're tied with after getting three first round picks? Georgia. Auburn. Georgia's tied after getting three first round picks. Not Auburn. It is another SEC school though. SEC. Texas A&M. Tennessee. Tennessee. Yes, Tennessee. Most go. first round picks goes go to those schools. How about that? How about Maryland's that? not in there? Yeah, no, just, Maryland's. They not did get another one last night. They got one last night. Baby. Deontay Banks goes to the Giants. Eighteenth uh, uh, first round pick for Maryland. Baltimore native. I don't know if everybody knows that uh, Brian Brees. Uh, who did Brian Brees? Brzee, I think is. Brzee, is that what it is? Yeah, Sorry, right. Brzee. Um, he went to where did yeah. he go? But he's from Damascus. I don't know that everybody yeah. knows that either. Of course, D- they also produced Jake Funk. The, the uh, Green Bay Packers picked Lucas Van Ness. Yes. Did you see the video of him? I don't know that. The Lambo leap. No. They, they they had he's on this he's on his seat like okay. talking on his cell phone. There are three or four absolutely gorgeous women with him, right? And his buddy, who clearly was drunk, does a leap onto him. Really. Yeah. It was very, you know, it was very entertaining. Well, look I mean, the video. Trying, well, I found a different video of somebody alleging that Lucas Van Ness's father might have slapped his girlfriend on the butt like she was a football player. And, oh yes, yeah, that uh, was that. I did that. Hang on that, a second. Yeah, that's so bad, really. Yeah, he definitely did that. That <laughs> definitely happened. Hang on a second. This is the. I'd search to try to find the video that you're talking about. Here's the girlfriend hopping up and right. the father. Yep, right in there. Right, it's like an Urban there. Meyer, uh, right? Well, I don't think it was a shocker. I don't think they went straight to that. This was more like the good game pat on the. But office. have you been able to find I, that right, video? A Brazil is New Orleans Saint, by the way. Thank you. 29th overall. Lucas Brian Van Ness. Hang on a second. Leap. Let me see if I can find that one. Okay. This is very funny. I can't. All right, I'll keep looking. I'll Here, keep I'll, looking. I'll look. I'll All look. Right, you, you do you the find show. It. All right, I'll do it. I'll do the show. You're here. I'm there. I'll do the show. You find, try to find the video. All right, that's it for Tidbit, correct? Correct, yes. All right, Tidbit yes. was also brought to you today by uh, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma. To reflect your unique personality and driving habits, check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Oh, you got it? Hang on a second. Let me see about that. Hold on. Tidbit, or I'm sorry, little, Tubular. I'm a little challenged. Right. Yeah. Tubular is going to be brought to you by A.J. Michaels. AJ My- uh, expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels. Heating, plumbing, A.C., and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. All right, let's see. Let's see. All right. Okay. 
There we go. Yeah. Lucas the, full, the full clip. Gets the, uh, I got you. you I go? got you. Yes, I got you. Do you get play-by-play of it? Yeah, yeah right. He's, he's, he's telling everybody, quiet down. And then somebody comes in and just <laughs> dives right on around. top of him. <laughs> <laughs> just, it looks like a little brother type. Right, yeah. Just dives right looks on top. Looks more like a Drunken yeah, friend. You're right. Friend. You're right. Well, you know, everybody was having a good time. Everybody and was a good time was had by all. 100%. There were no asses padded in the. I did not in that there. video. The, uh, yeah, I think the full clip. Uh, they they're all st- they cut back to him. Everyone's standing up, and uh, he's like, you know, high fiving everybody. And then the 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 dad is good, like, I guess hugs the girlfriend, and then his hand goes a little. No, low. I I just watched. Low. Oh, you just watched. Oh, it. Okay. She, yes. he definitely yes. is giving yes. her pats on the. It's no, it's like what we. It's a good game pat on the ass. Yeah. It's not yeah. a feel. It wasn't a It's sexual, not a rub. Yeah. It's a, it's a, like, I'm going to, it makes me think his dad's a coach, and this is just what he does. Like, no matter what, it's just pats on the ass. That's the way that he operates. Um, I don't think that, I, I want to make this abundantly clear. This is not my way of saying that that's okay. It's not okay if that's, it's not an acceptable thing. You can't do that. You can't just say, I'm a coach. I'm allowed to. It doesn't work that way. I just think that's what happened. That's all that I'm trying to say. I think that's what happened there last night. All right, here's what's coming up this weekend. Totally tubular. We begin tonight. Uh, NFL draft rounds two and three, seven o'clock on ESPN, ABC, and NFL Network. It'll move from ESPN to ESPN two at eight o'clock because, as Stan pointed out, ESPN is Kings Warriors game six tonight at eight. Then Grizzlies Lakers game six at ten thirty. Game, game six clay tonight. Uh, that's right. It is game. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about six that. Six and two in his last eight uh, games. I can't believe he's ever lost a game six. I know. Twenty six. Of, of course, the Cavaliers series. Yeah. We do know that they lost game six. Averages twenty six sure. points a game and fifty two percent from three in game six. He's a monster in game six. Mass and two tonight. Orioles Tigers six thirty. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez Eduardo Rodriguez. The Rodriguez v Rodriguez matchup again, like we saw last Sunday. Uh, also tonight, Loyola and Navy Lacrosse wrap their regular seasons. Loyola's at Lehigh, Navy's at Bucknell. Both games seven thirty on ESPN Plus. Maryland baseball against Indiana at six o'clock on Big Ten Network. And tonight, a champion will be crowned in the MASL. Unfortunately for the Baltimore Blast, they lost in overtime of this uh, game one of the series last night. But game two. If they win it, they'll force a mini-game following that. That's uh, streaming on Twitch tonight at 10. The Blast against Chihuahua. Uh, NHL playoffs tonight at Stanley Cup playoffs. Bruins-Panthers game 6, 7.30. Avalanche cracking game 6 at 10, both on TNT. TBS for Hurricanes-Islanders game 6 at 7. Stars-Wild game 6 at 9.30. Tomorrow, the final four rounds of the NFL Draft at noon on ESPN and NFL Network. Orioles-Tigers at 1 tomorrow on Madison 2. Dean Kramer and Matthew Boyd, the pitching matchup. If you live elsewhere, you can watch it on ESPN Plus tomorrow. So I don't know why. Maryland football spring game at noon tomorrow on Big Ten Network. Also, the Big Ten lacrosse tournament gets underway. Rutgers at Maryland tomorrow night at 8 on BTN. Uh, the women's tournament also gets underway this weekend as Maryland hosts Ohio State at 4.30 tomorrow, Big Ten Network Plus. Local lacrosse elsewhere. Towson needs a win to get into the CAA tournament. They host Delaware. That ain't going to be easy. That's noon on Flow Sports. UMBC wraps up their season as they host Vermont at noon on AmericaEast.tv. Suns Nuggets game one tomorrow night, 8.30 on TNT. Devils Rangers game six tomorrow night at 8 on ABC. Maple Leafs Lightning game six at 7. And Oilers Kings game six at 10 on TBS. And on Sunday, Kyle Bradish, Spencer Turnbull, 1.30 on Madison 2. Heat Knicks game one at 1 on ABC. Everything else Find it at glennclarkradio.com. Question uh, about a week ago, they had the uh, 
the uh, uh, Colorado, you know, Deion Sanders oh, uh, yes, debut. Of, game, yes. And they had about 45,000 yeah. people there, yeah, where nice. previous they used to have about 4,000. Did you see the video that they – like, there was a panoramic. From, yeah. Somebody edited a panoramic of last year with right. a panoramic of this year and showed, like, you just – the like different energy, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just wondering, what do you think uh, the interest is in Maryland football? Not that. Spring? Not that. <laughs> do you think and there's more interest, tomorrow. though? I mean, um, I think there's there's been steadily. Oh, yeah, it's, the weather's supposed to suck. That's tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, so that'll, that'll uh, really hurt that. Look, I do think there's been a bit more interest. I yeah. think that there has been a steady rise. I don't think yet to the place where you're going to get a big spring game crowd, but I do think that for some of the more nondescript games this fall, there might be a few more people that mm-hmm. show up for, you know, what Charlotte is a home game this year, right? Towson, yeah. Charlotte, and yeah, they have the third another one? non-conference game, the third I, game. I think the Virginia, right? Virginia. Now, that game I think you'll get yeah. a, a really good crowd for. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Towson, the Charlotte games, I think there'll be a few more people at those games than you would have expected in years past where it would be like 20,000 people that would show up. I think right. you could get 30,000 people. That, yeah, something like that yeah. that show up for those couple of really nondescript yeah. games to start yeah. the season. But, yeah, the spring games, that's 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 really for students in most places that, that aren't Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson. Like, in most places, that's for students at the end of the semester. They kind of throw up. Even at Penn State, they got to throw, like, a carnival in order to get kids to come out to the spring game. Will Maryland have a draft pick today, tonight? Yeah, that, I mean, I, yeah. I don't know probably, when I don't know when the receivers will start going, but it it could be that one of yeah. them. I think and a, is there another defensive back? Jacorian Bennett is yeah. the other defensive Jaylen back. Jalen Duncan, def- yes. I think, is the most yeah. likely one to go tonight. The offensive tackle, and the expectation is that if there is a kicker drafted in the draft, it will be Chad Ryland, the Maryland kicker, yeah. who will go. So. I think that Jalen Duncan's the most likely one for tonight. Maybe one of the receivers goes tonight. I think there'll be a lot more tomorrow. I think there'll be a bunch of Maryland kids that'll be selected tomorrow. That's interesting. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, a couple local connections like Ronnie Brown from uh, Shepard, who we're hoping hears his name in the seventh round or so, and Joey, Joey Fisher. Fisher from Hagerstown, some other guys like that. Non-sports this weekend? Uh, a few. Uh, Pete Davidson's going to be on Jimmy Fallon. He's got a new show coming out on Peacock. It, it, I thought it was Peter Davidson we've Peter, learned now. What? Really? Is have it you Peter? haven't seen the dumb Taco Bell commercial? Oh, oh, then. Hi, I'm Peter Davidson. Peter Davidson. Yeah. He's got a show called Bubkiss. It's essentially about his life. Um, it comes out next week on Peacock. I think I remember seeing about... There's, yeah, there's Doesn't like, it have a pretty good cast, Yeah, actually? like John Mulaney plays like his best friend. Yeah. Um, hold on, I wrote it down somewhere. Um... Charlie Day is his therapist. Edie Falco is his mom, and then uh, Joe Pesci is his I grandfather. Do love Edie Falco. <laughs> oh, Jesus, is Joe Pesci plays his grandfather. See that? I'm look. You, we can we can laugh about Pete Davidson all we want, but that cast is really right. good. Oh, Edie Falco and Pete and Joe Pesci, right? Yeah. And I love John Mulaney. Yeah. Like who played I, who played his therapist? Charlie Day. Charlie Day. I love Charlie Day. There's a apparently Ray Romano's involved uh, and Brad Garrett's involved and Keenan Thompson, Sebastian Stan. What the wow, hell is Sebastian this cast? Stan? This has got to be. They just have to be listening to people that make cameos. That has to be. Because <laughs> they got Bobby Cannavale. They've got yeah, that's, um, that's... Steve Buscemi, Method Man, <laughs> John Stewart. This has to be a heavy cameoed show. Yeah. But the main cast Everyone does involve Pete Island. Davidson, Edie Falco, Joe Pesci. 
Like I that alone. Well, that's I'm, great. I'm watching. I'm going uh, to what's it called? Butt kiss? Bup kiss. Bup kiss. Bup kiss. Next week on Peacock. Okay. Is, yes. I'll watch it. Um the after party on Apple TV Plus comes out today. Show it's a, it's like a murder mystery. There, there's a murder at a high school reunion after party. Uh Tiffany Haddish is this detective and she's gotta solve it. And like Ben Schwartz is in it, uh Dave Frank, uh Dave okay. Franco, Sam Richardson. Um I like and, those uh, people. Yes. Yeah. So we, looks, didn't, we haven't can okay. we never canceled Dave Franco, right? Like we're still mm, good with him. I think yeah, I think okay. he's cool. All yeah. Right. He's cool. Okay. Uh, the big, uh, big one. Um, My wife loves the Jump Street movies. They're like some of her favorite movies ever. And so, like that scene where they're in the prison with Rob Riggle, and he's like, he's like, he loves me. I'm his bitch. And he says, "Don't you? Oh, wait, 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 I don't, I don't know what he used the word like my mangina." He was like. And Dave Franco's just like gritting between it. It doesn't work. I don't know why I love that scene you, so much. You see the disaster artist, uh, the Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, of course, the Tommy oh, Wiseau man, movie. Yeah, love that. I love that. The room yeah. is. I love the room. Really? Yes. Okay. That's great. Like great. not ironically. Uh, both, both ironically and right. legitimately. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Citadel, new show on Prime Video. It's the spy action thriller. That, that looks kind of interesting. Yeah, directed by the Russo brothers. Stanley Tucci's in it. Really? Yes, Stanley Tucci. So like the and the and the girl who was in. Um, She's married to one of the Jonas Brothers. Priyanka, Priyanka, what's her, oh God, what is her, I like her. I I like her a lot. She was in. uh, Chopra, Priyanka Chopra. And what was the series she was in? She played like a recruit at the the FBI or something like that. Uh, Quantico, 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 thank you. Yes. Um, So that that comes out um, and he's like the spy organization falls and the spies have to work together to save save the world, I guess. Uh, By the way, she was in a great movie at the beginning of the pandemic, White Tiger. Do you remember that movie? I don't movie? remember that one. Oh, man, that was a great movie. Okay, all right. Add it to the list. I'll put it on the tubular. I've been trying to catch up. This week I've spent a lot of time trying to get caught up on Barry. Like I've been trying um, to get caught up yeah, before I'm, the I'm season ends on Barry. I'm, I'm up to like the end of season two, so... I've been making progress. Uh, uh, on Disney Plus, Peter Pan and Wendy. That movie comes out. I think it. I, th- I mean, I think it'll be good. My um, wife will have my kids watch it for sure. And Fatal Attraction show on Paramount Plus. It's like a reimagining of the 1987 okay. movie. And then, of course, Succession, Lucky Hank, and Barry all on Sunday nights. Is there no SNL this weekend? No new SNL no, this weekend. That's a bummer. Lucky Hank is terrific. I do love Lucky Hank. Now he's got another series coming out. Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Another one. I saw a. I saw. Well, he did another Nobody, right? When is that coming? No, uh, I, I'm not talking about Nobody. You're this saying another, is TV, another show. TV series? On, I think it's on either. Uh, Apparently, he's going to be in the next season of The Bear, <laughs> which is. I got to wa- watch The Bear. Oh my god, yeah. I'm all in on that. The Bear was great. Really? Uh, did you watch it? No. It was. I mean, it's it's not fun. This is not Cocaine Bear. No, the Cocaine Bear was fun. Oh, this is The Bear is not fun. Uh-huh. It is triggering man like it is a lot of it is intense it is just everybody being rattled and at their wits end as they run this uh, restaurant in chicago like it is bonkers but i in, i say enjoyed it. it i enjoyed it as much as you can enjoy something that's right. not a fun watch it was a really intense show to watch that had moments of good levity. Like, they did a great job of bringing levity to a very intense show so they could call it a comedy. It is it is so much more than that. Bob Odenkirk joining the Bear is wild to me. I have no idea how that what that looks like. Um, but I'm, I'm for it because I'm for anything that Bob Odenkirk does. All right, very good. Stan, you'll be on with the boys tomorrow, correct? On the Batarounds? Uh, yes, I will. Talking baseball, the Batarounds every Saturday from 10 to noon with Paul and Zach. 
power rankings on Monday. Power rankings on Monday. I don't know how much you want to tease. AJ wanted to know if you're going to have the Orioles or Pirates higher in the rankings. Mm. Um, I think the Orioles are going to be higher than the Pirates, but the Pirates yeah. are coming on. Yeah. Got uh, Brian Reynolds locked up. Of course, the uh, the story in baseball this week with uh, uh, Drew... Oh, God, what is his last name? Ma- Ma- Maggie? Maggie? Drew Maggie. Maggie. It's a great story. Um, it's like everybody thought, Orioles and Pirates in the yeah. World Series. Book it right now. Like Get everybody assumed. Yeah, right? No Finally doubt about Avenged it. 1979. And How about that as a The, the next meter, right? The 1979-a-meter. And we try to find uh, what's-his-face's wife and her stupid whistle. And God, what, who, who was it? Omar Moreno. Moreno. Thank you. Omar Moreno's wife and her stupid whistle. And we try to exercise some demons and... Oh, then we can smash sister. Such a disappointing series. Smash uh, sister sledge up records. Three to one with Flanagan. Palmer. Oh, that might be the mayor, by the it way. Is, is it? Yes. That might be the mayor. Well, we got time for the mayor. We'll make that happen mm. before we wrap up today's show. We'll make that happen before we get out of here. I had given him the number and told him that he could call in this morning if he wanted, and I, I didn't know if it was going to happen or not. But right before we say goodbye, the mayor is going to hop on with us for just a second. Um, no, Monday night you're going to be talking to Jack Graham. Jack Graham. Yes, yeah. the uh, general and manager. Of the Thursday night, uh, T.J. Brightman and Jennifer Grandal. from the Orioles, from no the doubt. I uh, appreciate here as we wind down for a Friday edition of the program. The mayor, Mr. Brandon Scott, has joined us now here on GCR. Mr. Mayor, it's Glenn and Stan. I know how fired up you are. Thank you for squeezing in a couple minutes with us this morning. I'm good. It's a it's a Beautiful purple Friday here in Baltimore City, Glenn. Uh, it is very much. I told you when we talked a couple weeks ago, I said you know, that people voted for you. It was time you did something already. Is it? Do, <laughs> do you get to take your victory lap now? Did you at any point, did you finally take and say, all right, I'm, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to make this happen. Nope. Like I told you before, I knew that we were going to do the right thing and that it was going to get done. There's a business side to the to to the league, and then we were going to have our quarterback. Now, I didn't know we were going to have our quarterback and Odell Beckham Jr. Right. And now, with the with the 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 core that we have at the skill position, but Odell with the draft pick from last night, with with Mark Andrews, with likely with Bateman, like we have a, what is the best skill core receiver tight end a core that the Raiders probably have ever had at one time. And when you put that on our quarterback, who is box office, who is the the biggest one-man show the NFL has seen, uh, you put a, you put the rest of the league on notice. I've been getting texts with my fellow mayors uh, about it. I told the mayor of Cleveland he should just break out his Browns paper bag and put it on his kid <laughs> right now because they're getting swept. They're getting swept, as they always do. Uh, and, I, and I even heard from my, my, my good friend, the mayor, of Kansas City, Quentin Lucas, who unfortunately for him, he, he was talking a little trash about the Super Bowl champions, and I reminded him the last time that he was in Baltimore, he saw Lamar do a flip into the end zone, That's as true. He sent, and we sent Patty Patty Mahomes home, home home with a loss, and I'll see him in the AFC Championship game, but we're going to win. <laughs> I love hearing the mayor of Baltimore talking this, some this trash. This is great. This is tremendous. Hey, um, uh, Mr. Mayor, I, you know, we, I, I was talking to the governor about this earlier. Can you quantify for people? Like as, as much fun as we have with this and as silly as it is, can you explain what Lamar means as a commodity to the city when it comes to tourism, when it comes to all of these things? Like it's, it's fun for us because we love sports and we want to watch a, you know, an unbelievable quarterback play, 
but can you explain and say, hey, by the way, maybe there's a, a value to this that you might not understand just in a sports context? Well, yeah, it, when you think about uh, Lamar's value, and yes, everything you're saying, Glenn, about having his big superstar quarterback, MVP athlete, and everyone wants to come to the town where he's at, buy the jersey, come see him play, come when we have Sunday and Thursday and Monday night games that the NFL has to get right this year to make sure we have multiple of them, by the way. I hope they're listening. Yes, that's all true, <laughs> and, we lo- and we love that. We love that, right? Roger Goodell, if you're hearing me, Thursday or sun- Sunday night, the first week, it should be a Ravens game, Ravens-Bengals here at M&T. But uh, uh, in Baltimore, Lamar specifically has an even deeper impact. When you, we always love when athletes that become really deeply embedded and ingrained in the community, right? Not those who just show up for these uh, scheduled events, but those who just pop up. And Lamar, who is always doing that, going into places in the city of Baltimore, what he means for young men growing up in the city or growing up in similar situations like him and his ability to speak to them and tell them and show them how they can work through that adversity to grow into the best version of themselves, that's what we're also talking about, us not not losing here. Any city that has so many young men and predominantly young black men that look like him, grew up like him, that want to emulate him but also can learn from him, learn that hard work and ethic, learn that believing and betting on yourself even when no one else believes that you're doing the right thing and you're focused in the right way as long as you're working hard. That's what he brings. That commodity is something that we can't replace. Very well said, Mr. Mayor. Got to ask you a question off the beaten track of, uh, of conventional sports in Baltimore. There's rumors now that the whole uh, Maryland racing thing is about to flip the other way and that Pimlico is actually going to be the hub of Maryland racing and that the Stronic Group might close Laurel down. Can you give us any information on how that is going? And if that is that in fact correct, I I, I will say that uh, what we are focused on, what I'm focused on in the city, as we work with our partners at the state, obviously who's leading that work and work with the starting group of the partners, is we are focused on making sure that Preakness and Pimlico uh, continue to operate and that we do this big redevelopment. But if we get to a point where Pimlico is the epicenter. The mayor of Baltimore surely will not complain about that. I know, and I know, I can tell you, Stan, it's something that I know, Brandon, it means a whole lot to him. That's his neighborhood. It's been very important in the process, and I have no doubt that's the case. Um, so what, what, how do do you, you know, is it just victory lap today? Is that the way this works? Like, I, 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 being a, being a politician and knowing you didn't actually do this yourself, although we can take credit for it, how important is it for you to have your face out and be like, yeah, man, today, let's remind everybody in the world, it's a good day to be in Baltimore. Oh yeah. That's why that's, if you saw my tweets and Instagram posts yesterday, went immediately, everyone know that the mayor put the word out, Lamar's a raven for life and, and, and we up. Uh, so it's a way for us, but it's not just that. We're coming off of Tank showing the That's world right. that a Baltimore boxer is the face of boxing now. The Orioles are doing what we knew they would do this year, and that's win and uh, show everyone that you can build the right way. We're coming off of Angel showing everybody that you can't bet against a Baltimore baller, and she's doing what she did. This is a perfect and wonderful time 
uh, to be a Baltimore sports fan, and we, we love it each and every day. We've gotten to see the arena now. I know how big of a deal that was for you. Um, have you been in touch at all with anybody in camp, in Tank's camp to try to make it happen, to, to bring him back now that like you know he was here and gave us one an incredible night when the arena wasn't what it is now? Have you like gone down that road to try well, to say, how do we make this happen? We'll we'll see how that how that progresses. Working with our partners at CFG Bank and and of course uh, CFG Arena in Oakview, we would love to have it have him back here in Baltimore. We'll we'll keep you updated on that. But Man. also we know now that Tanks is box office box office. So no matter where he's where he's fighting, Baltimore is going to be as we know we took over Vegas last week. And let me just ask you, what does he have tattooed on his back now? Yeah, right. Oh, you know what? I've ne- I haven't paid attention to that at all. He's got Baltimore on his back. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Big uh, and blazing. I actually didn't pay attention to that during the fight at yeah. all. I was too busy watching him uh, quiver someone's liver. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. There might have to be at some point like a, a bet that like would you – if 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 um if the Orioles were to win the World Series this year, Mr. Mayor, is there any chance we could get you to get Baltimore tattooed on your back? Oh uh, no, I, I'm not doing uh, <laughs> uh, tattoos. That that doesn't work for me. How about uh, how about Glenn? Own, how about not, Glenn, not for me. Mr. Mayor? How about if Glenn gets his his? I would do that. Tattoos Baltimore. I swear, on his if back. the Orioles win the World Series this year, I will tattoo Baltimore on my back. Well, we heard it here first, Glenn. I, I'll be there to record it live on Instagram. You can hold me to it. I, if the Orioles win the World win. Series, that's a, I will replicate Tank's Baltimore tattoo on my back if the Orioles win the World Series this year. I, I There'd be a lot of things I'd be willing to do if the Orioles win the World Series this year. All right, Mr. Mayor, I know you're a busy man. I know it's an exciting day for you. Thank you for hopping on with us for a couple of minutes and celebrating with us what is a very exciting day with Lamar Jackson being a Raven for life. We'll talk again real soon, all right? It's, Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Mr. Mayor. Mayor Brandon Scott checking in. That's great. It's I understood. What a show today. Today is that day, right? Today everybody's taking a victory lap. Today is a very. It's a good day. That fact, everybody feels a little bit better around this city. The vibe around this city is just a little bit more energetic. There's a bit more pep in the step. There's just a more celebratory feeling, and everybody wants to embrace that. And I don't blame anybody for wanting to embrace that. Been through a lot of days that weren't like this over the years in Baltimore, so I appreciate having a but day like today. But today on the show, the governor of yes. the state of Maryland, Wes Moore, the mayor of Baltimore. Right, and Stan the Fan Charles, all of the legends. And Drew Forrester. And Drew Forrester. <laughs> all right. And there. Zay Flowers High School coach. That's right, yeah. And uh, Mark Herslick, Mark, of course. Mark Herslick. And uh, Creed Willems. Who, played, who does the... Does the analyst yep. work on Boston, yep. some of the Boston we, College games? We had, a, we had a very good day today on the program. We enjoyed it a great deal. Unfortunately, Griffin was... Yeah. <laughs> what? He wasn't up to... <laughs> what? You know, he wasn't... Do you think he was up to the, you know, the Yay! quality of the level of the show? He, he, he tried hard. He tried hard today. Jeez. He tried hard today. Great job, Griffin. Great <laughs> nice job, buddy. Uh, at Stan the Fan on Twitter. Is how, oh, hang on. Let's remind it, all those people that you just heard Stan mention, if you missed any of it, You'll be able to find it in a little bit in the greatest hit section of the Oh my God, it's so good. tab at glennclarkradio.com. On Monday, uh, Jeff Halfley, yes. the Boston College yes. football coach, is scheduled to join Correct. us. We'll talk more about Zay Flowers and we'll react to the rest of the picks that the Ravens make throughout the course of the weekend. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners AJ Michaels, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Hartford Community College, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. 
Thanks to Stan at StanTheFan on Twitter. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, the bat around tomorrow morning. We'll be back on Monday. Rita and I Sunday from uh, 1 to 4 on 105.7 The Fan as well. Have a great weekend. Go Birds. Go local lacrosse teams. Duke sucks.